0: Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome into a Wednesday edition
4: of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios, and we are coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250 We are on 930. We are live online, pr927fm.com. And you can find us on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Make sure you're using our YouTube page, Pirate Radio TV, to get you ready for all ECU game days. We got the interviews with Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell, and some pirate players there for you to see in their entirety. It's right there for you on youtube pirate radio tv make sure you are subscribed you can also watch this show you can watch the brian bailey show where he talked to joe dooley for an hour on monday so all that is available for you right there all right shirley rhodes is here chandler honeycutt is here on a wednesday we got a lot of guests to get to coming up later this hour we'll talk to the voice jeff charles about his long strange trip to houston and i uh, get you ready for East Carolina and South Florida. You'll get a lot of me and a lot of the voice coming up in the next 24 hours or so. Because coming up at noon on Thursday, we have the UBE Pirate Preview live from University Book Exchange. Uh, that show from 12 to 1 on Thursday at 3.30. will kick off the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Well, Jeff Charles will be right here beside me inside the Pirate Radio studios in hour one of that program. And, of course, we're with you after the game Thursday night on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. We'll talk to Jeff Charles coming up at about 3.25. At 4 o'clock, we will talk to the head soccer coach of ECU Women's Soccer, The Hammer, Jason Hamilton, will join us. I'm having some flashbacks because I think we had this same conversation around a year ago where the Pirates are getting ready for some postseason soccer. They'll be in the uh, first round of the AAC tournament coming up on Halloween on Sunday. So uh, we will talk about that coming up with Jason Hamilton as he'll join us in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, at 425 we'll talk to the pa announcer of the carolina hurricanes the canes are undefeated this season off to a fantastic start to their 2021 campaign and we'll talk all about it with wade mentor who is uh fired up to have some screaming fans inside pnc arena the hurricanes off to that fantastic uh five and oh start to their season so we'll talk about what they've done well so far and what's coming up on the calendar for the carolina hurricanes that's at 4 25 at five o'clock mike mullis will join us to talk football world series golf and more as uh, we'll visit with mully on the fixed nc live line and at 5 30 ish we'll hear from blake harrell boy that defense uh made every pirate fan proud On Saturday night kind of felt like old school old defense at ECU once again the way they're flying around hitting the quarterback causing turnovers and uh, hopefully that trend continues Thursday night when South Florida comes to town with a young and experienced quarterback that East Carolina can rattle especially if you the fans are loud at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and uh, we'll start there with our rundown and before uh, we get to Uh, the line and everything i want to point out a stat to consider shirley several stats to consider from tom mcclellan from ecu sports information the stats to consider so the pirates it's a blackout chandler's already wearing his black looking sharp thank you you're welcome
1: i'll have mine tomorrow
4: as will i probably unless i go Braves. well braves don't play till friday so we'll give the braves a day off from the wardrobe and go black tomorrow uh tom mcclellan has the stats for ecu's history in black helmets this is uh this is pretty cool um the let's see pirates are nine and three when they go all black Hmm, interesting good stat good stat to consider uh the pirates are three and one when they go I don't know, Ravens-ish, like black lids, purple jerseys, black pants. Mm-hmm. Three and one. Very good number. Apparently, the Pirates have only gone black helmet, white tops, white pants one time. That was against Marshall. How do you know? What? How do you know that? It was earlier this year, right? Oh. Oh was it yeah i was i didn't know if you were harkening back to like some game from yesteryear no but you're saying earlier this year black white white one and oh and that was against marshall how
1: do you remember these things because I, I have i don't remember what we wear
4: let me see if i can find a picture uniform, from that game
1: uniform wise
4: um oh, good call chandler black white white against marshall mm-hmm. all right way to go chan man way Thank to pay you. attention to the fashion trends and the pirates are four and four when they go black white black black tops white blouses black britches so there you go nine and three all black i'm assuming we're going we're going all black on uh i'm
5: assuming we're going with the uniforms that was in that hype video
4: which was black on black on black yes all with right. uh, yellow numbers so we're going to watch uh, gold numbers. Whatever. Uh, I was trying to, f- <laughs> I was trying to figure out why my wife would just send a random text message that says what, but she was responding to a text message I sent two hours ago. <laughs> so now I get it, and that text message was, "Are you going to watch more Tiger King?" Because it was announced today that Tiger King Two is coming out on Netflix on november the 17th oh wow so more tiger king in your life coming up on november the 17th so the for our tiger king fans out there uh maybe troy d and i will dive into that on friday when he uh, joins me on the show pirates are a 10 point favorite how do you feel about that Chandler uh nervous (laughs) so like just because we're never favorites and definitely not that much I uh so I like the Pirates to win this game and I like them to win by a couple of scores but I don't like that line looking like that
5: I mean I was going to ask when was the last time ECU was a double digit favorite but I guess Georgia Southern or uh Charleston Charleston Charleston
4: Southern. Southern still no uh no respect for them huh yeah but uh, I mean, look what they did. Last double-digit favorite against a. Uh, we need a, a Phil Steele out of Ellerby's. Uh, R- Ellerby, are you listening? He's on the phone. Damn. All right. Well, maybe. What we'll, do you need? A Phil Steele. a uh, for real. I can, can get Phil Steele. I can go grab it. Go grab me a Phil Steele. Hey, you, want, you for real? Hey, yeah, 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 go grab me a Phil Steele. For real? Yeah.
5: For real Steele. Grab it.
4: I want to see when the last time I, – I might not even be in that book because of the down years East Carolina's had the last time they were a double-digit favorite. I'm wondering if they were in the past couple of years against South Florida. How about when Scotty Moe beat down the Cincinnati Bearcats years ago when they were really bad? Maybe they were uh, double-digit favorites in that one. But the Phil Steele will have the answers for us momentarily all right i will look that up while i'm looking that up uh shirley what'd you do last night
1: wait what did I do we, need, we
4: need to fill time what'd you do last night
1: what did i do last night what did i do last night Ooh. um oh uh i watched the braves game
4: more on um, that in a moment
1: and that was about it well i did some dishes
4: okay all right thanks for stalling okay <laughs> last year the pirates were favored in one game at Temple when they were down to their eighth-string quarterback. And the Pirates uh, blew out Temple that day. In 2019, the Pirates were favored in zero games. Were we not favored against Georgia State last, last year? That was a pick'em. Wow. And I take that back. East Carolina was favored in 2019 over Gardner-Webb and William & Mary. <laughs> no way F, off on that one. no fbs games
1: but not double digit favorite correct
4: uh yeah well gardner webb 31 william and mary 13 double okay. digit favorites i'm okay. looking for a conference games or at least an FBS oh, opponent. Game. yeah yeah okay gotcha uh 2018 pirates were favored by seven points against north carolina a and t yowza
5: tell them to bring me my money
4: 2018 the pirates we're 17-point favorites over UConn. How quickly I forget about Connecticut being in our league. League. 2017, the Pirates were underdogs to UConn <laughs> and won that game at Connecticut. The Pirates were not favored in a single game in 2017.
5: What was the spread for Mike Houston's James Madison Dukes? when they came in here
4: i'm glad you asked the pirates were seven point underdogs and got their uh the game i was referring to the cincinnati game where scotty montgomery feed up on luke fickle flexed his muscles against some dude named luke fickle uh the pirates were actually three point dogs in that game and won 48 to 20 Wow. And then in uh, 2016, the Pirates were favored over UCF, won that game, favored over UConn by seven, blew them out, favored over SMU by seven, got blown out. So this is the first time and only time ECU's been favored um, by double digits in a conference game since that 18 UConn game, and that's uh, dating back the last five seasons. So this doesn't happen a lot.
5: No, it does not.
4: And... For For that that reason, reason, I'm nervous. I am a little nervous. I'm looking at myself reading that. It looks like I'm like a really old man. I'm like, there's the feel still. <laughs> I mean, I could read it out here, but the font is very small in these books. Yeah, it is. But it looks like it's very, very small right in my face. So there you go, folks. Uh, I still like the Pirates. I'll, I'll take them yeah. minus the, the 10.
5: Especially it being at home. Uh, there's a lot... Uh, that the marketing department over at ECU is doing to get students out there. Hopefully the students show up. They're trying to break the student attendance record. Um, And I have a good feeling that Pirate Nation is going to show up despite the back-to-back losses, the tough losses against Central Florida and Houston. Uh, But there's a lot of promise there, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I told you off the air the other night that with this defense, the Pirates can be in any game the rest of the way. Absolutely. Maybe not Cincinnati, maybe Cincinnati uh but uh I, i'm really looking forward to see if uh the pirate nation can show up tomorrow night so that for that reason i am not nervous anymore because i feel
4: feel confident you just talked yourself into not being nervous
1: i'm not nervous anymore
4: wow i'm not nervous you anymore. sound like a kid that was like, the
1: quickest turnaround
4: there i'm not nervous anymore like when you find out that monster in the closet or the monster under the bed i is just talked myself out of it. i'm not scared anymore i'm not scared anymore okay the more you say it the more i think you're terrified i'm not okay thursday night blackout yeah
5: dowdy ficklin stadium that's 7 30
4: that's what time it is
5: south florida thinks there's something because they beat temple by 20 not so fast my friend they're going to have a rude awakening tomorrow night
4: all right Chandler. take the points chandler hath spoken uh todd says hey clip missed you in the parking lot today go pirates Now i don't know what that means until i see his last name jarman he is todd from deep run he's uh we've had several conversations out in the ub parking lot about pirate football so todd next time you're in the ub parking lot i hope to see you there and we'll talk pirate football for two and a half minutes it's a date it's a date thanks for uh for tuning in today you can chime in on the facebook feed or on twitter or give us a call 317-1250 if you would like to talk pirate football or anything else with us on this program all right uh i thought you'm in a dream the braves don't wake up don't Don't wake me up don't pinch me the braves up one nothing in the series it gets started last night for the first time ever, the first batter of a World Series game goes yard. Yards. He <laughs> goes
3: yard.
4: Jorge Soler Jorge. takes uh, takes a deep over the left field wall. That was followed up by uh, some more Braves runs, including an Adam Duvall home run. Charlie Morton was in a, a world of of hurt, a world Dude. of danger several times, a couple times in that game. Got out of it, but ended up uh, getting injured, pitching Wait. on a broken fibula. Okay, I was going to ask when you say
5: injured, what was the injury? A broken fibula. So you're telling me that he had a broken leg?
4: A broken freaking leg. Freaking. And struck out a couple of several batters, but got uh, Altuve on the final pitch he threw. How uh, crazy. Just a. Guts-up performance by Charlie Morton. And then they bring in that bullpen. A.J. Miner was awesome last night. Tyler Matzik uh, was good, as always. I mean, these guys just keep coming up huge out of the bullpen. I don't know how long it's going to last. The Astros like to score runs in bunches, especially at home. But, once again, the Braves have the pitching match up in their favor again tonight with max free throw now he is a lefty and the astros have several dangerous righties in that lineup so i think they're going to score tonight but who's to say the braves bats don't just stay hot the astros do not have their best pitcher mccullers in this world series so look i i felt really confident against milwaukee i was not as confident against the dodgers but obviously as that series continued uh, you know you felt more and more confident and for whatever reason i the braves not only belong uh the braves might be the better team definitely pitching at this point offense you could argue
5: it's really remi- this like really reminds me of the Nats run in 2019 which was
4: against the astros against the astros in the World we Series. went
5: through the dodgers through the dodgers um Cardinals, I mean, and the more the series went on, the more the playoffs went on, the more your confidence went up with your team, as you just mentioned, because you didn't really have hope there at the start of playoffs, maybe for the wild card, and it's like, oh, well, we made the playoffs, you know, made the n l d s great I had next confidence. thing you know
4: I had confidence. I, I mean, for me, it was, like, all season long, it was who's going to beat the big, bad Dodgers. And you get past them, and it's like, you know, all bets yeah. are off now.
5: Right. And, I mean, the confidence level in your team goes up, but, like, winning is a habit. I mean, it is. And, like, when you get hot at the right time, which the Nats did in 2019 because they started their season off 19-31. and 31. They got hot at the right time and they stayed hot when they needed to, which was in the playoffs. And I'm seeing that with the Braves right now. Um, but 1-0 and is not going to get it done. you got to continue on. And if you can go 2-0 and in Houston, that's huge.
4: Huge. Uh, games 3, 4, and 5 coming up Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Atlanta. And look, i got a chance to end it there with that win last night so i'm uh, i'm fired up ready to go game two we'll be watching it tonight during sports trivia at aj mcmurphy's we'll find a tv to put the hornets on for you chandler absolutely uh speaking did, of did you call grandma uh no i haven't talked to grandma i need to uh do need to give her a call uh speaking of charlotte area sports franchises the panthers are still playing football Gotta carry on. Where are you at in this season? Is the season over yet?
5: Not quite, but it's getting there. We he lose is. to the Falcons on Sunday. I'm done. I'll, wo- I'll, I'll, I'll watch every game, but if we lose to the Falcons on Sunday, I'm out. When Why do you think to, I'm like, done with like, the Dolphins it, when it comes we lost to, like, to the emotional Falcons.
4: investment? Shirley, the Dolphins are, are toast.
1: I know. We're toast.
4: <coughs> I would,
1: but my point was, Washington. We lost to the Fal- uh, we lost to the Falcons. I am now done with the Dolphins. So if the Panthers lose to the Falcons, I understand why you would be done with the Panthers.
4: If you lose to the Falcons, you're automatically done. That almost happened to Washington, um, but we are done anyway because we almost lost to the Falcons. Yeah, is Sam Darnold starting Sunday?
5: Yes, he's the, he according to Matt Rule is the starter going forward. Q- How many times have you heard that from a head coach?
4: QB one
5: qb1 that's what we got him for
4: uh all coaches do this and maybe it's because i follow a lot of panthers fans and i just see it more but man matt rule is like the cliche word salad king
5: oh dude he is coach speak (laughs) if you look up coach speak in the dictionary the words matt rule just puts
4: together in that order uh, it's uh it's incredible i told
5: tony that on sunday i was watching the game with him and uh And I was telling him about – we were talking about Matt Rule and his press conferences and how much – it's just – and it's not just him. No, no. It's coaches across the country and all levels of football. But, man. He's really good at it. He is so good at selling something. And I think what he's trying to sell now is that Sam Darnold is the guy going forward despite the hiccup – and when I say hiccup, that's taking it lightly – that he has had in the past three or four weeks for the Panthers – And uh, right now it looks like it could be going forward because the offensive line, and this is where it starts, it's up front. You know, Carolina's offensive line has got to be, if not the worst, offensive line in all of football, in all of football. It is so bad. He has no time to throw. I want to say a week ago against the Vikings, he was pressured 41 times. Um. But that's no excuse for him making bad decisions that he's had uh, in the past few <clears> weeks, <throat> throwing in the double coverage. I've seen a lot of film on him on Twitter with some fan accounts of him missing wide-open receivers. But the receivers have shown that they, they're dropping balls. And I just don't know. It's like the the Panthers, just when Christian McCaffrey went out, just uh, hit a brick wall. And it, it, it's they're still trying to recover from it and they're going to try to recover from it on Sunday against the Falcons in Atlanta. So if we lose, you might as well just put a bow on the season.
4: I also saw this. You're not going to be here Friday because you don't work Fridays, right?
5: Uh, Give me another month.
4: Another month. Okay, all right. That seems like a long time. Uh, I want to talk about it with Tony on Friday. I mean, I can briefly talk about it with you. So they make that trade for – uh remind me uh, gilmore Stefan yes. gilmore and they have been very proactive bringing in players we talked about how awesome that was how aggressive scott federer has been and how much that's great for the fans so i saw a tweet the other day that said screw david tepper for rushing along this process by bringing in you know two quarterbacks in two years making all these trades and for what for nothing so like there's backlash now on the moves that they've started to make which is
5: just a few weeks ago we were talking about the panthers are in it to win yeah the panthers get stefan gilmore they're in it to win now and maybe
4: that particular person that tweeted that was not happy with the decisions with decisions at the time maybe so but if you're happy with them then and angry now you're a giant hypocrite I'm still happy with the move. So you're you're sticking with it that they they made the right decisions. I said going into it the Darnold thing was kind of like very low risk. Like if it doesn't work out, okay, well you go find your next guy, right? Like you just move on from there.
5: Yeah, but I mean we did that with Teddy last year.
4: Yeah, that one I didn't quite understand. Yeah, why you signed him multiple years? I didn't really get. Because it was pretty clear he wasn't going to be the quarterback of the future. Like, Darnold, right. you could have uh, some hope, some holdout going into this year that. He's young. Adam Gase, Jets, all that stink is off of him. He's young. He could still be the future guy. At this point, um, can we say that Sam Darnold is not the future for the Carolina Panthers? Um, yes. I'm, wow. You're still on the fence here?
5: I'm on the fence. Like,
4: that guy that led the NFL in rushing touchdowns through three weeks is still in still your mind. I don't want to
5: give up so quick. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I feel like we gave up quick with Teddy. And it it took me till the end of the year to give up on Teddy. I don't want to give up. Man,
4: I'm almost to the point, though. If you don't have one of the elite quarterbacks, then you're not even in the conversation. You know? Yeah. It sucks to think that way, but just look at it. Look at the NFL. I know.
5: It's run on quarterbacks.
4: The freaking Bengals are first place in the North with Joe Burrow. Look at all the team. I mean, Dak is, is one of the top QBs because of that offense and what they do. Josh Allen with the Bills. Tom Brady. Uh, look, Matt Stafford is the guy I wanted in Washington. You put him together with everything they got in L.A., they're a contender. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, one of the best records. Kyler Murray, the Cardinals said Josh Rosen stinks. We're getting rid of him. We're getting rid of the coach. We're, you know, burning it to the ground after one year, bringing in Kyler Murray. Now they're undefeated. Got to have that quarterback. Sam Darnold's not that quarterback. Taylor Heineke's not that quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa, unfortunately, is not that quarterback. Got to have that quarterback.
5: Yeah, he. I mean, that's you, – you taught me into thinking that. I'm, <clears throat> definitely my – confidence in sam Darnold has plummeted
4: you are easily week. swayed you went you taught yourself into not being nervous about ecu i've talked you uh, off the fence on sam Dar- Well, I, if you know me i'm easy to sell <laughs> <laughs> well documented oh yeah and uh also a great salesman thank you easy to sell on both sides sell to you you sell to them thank you uh deshaun watson is one of those quarterbacks but he's got a lot of stuff I've uh, never,
5: I, ever since this resurgence of him possibly coming to carolina i i don't want him from well, day one and that, that's the honest truth
4: looks like you're not gonna get him uh espn staff writer david newton he knows what he's talking about right yeah i
5: guess <laughs> i said, mean i guess so if he still has his job which i don't know how he does he still has his job
4: Uh, He keeps failing upward. Uh, The Panthers will not pursue Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson, a league source confirmed to ESPN on Wednesday. So there were talks on Twitter yesterday that the Dolphins and Texans had a deal in place, but they wanted to make sure Watson would be able to play and have all all the, the charges against him, you know, Finalize that in the rear view so it sounds like they they might have a deal ready but they don't want to go through with it uh if they don't know if watson can actually play on the field or right. if he's going to have to sit out games or what's going to happen so uh the panthers apparently not going to be in the mix for watson's services and you're okay with that
5: i'm totally okay with it i don't want somebody that's got 20 plus accusations after yeah. him i mean there's I, no no matter how good he is. And Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback. He's proved that in his years in the National Football League. But with a guy that's got so much on his hands right now, we you know we can't afford to have him. And like you said, he might not even see the field. Yeah, I don't and, think
4: um, Rivera would sign off on Washington getting Watson. And we got so much crap going on. We don't need any more. We are – our septic tank is already overflowing. We need it emptied. We don't need to add more to the tank. You yeah. know now I'm saying,
5: right? And you know I follow a lot of Panther fan accounts on social media, and you know in the past like week they have started the bring Cam home campaign. I guess that could be the emergency foul that, uh, that 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 Panther fans are wanting. I think that's more an emotional thing. Yeah. You know, I think that's more an emotional thing when it comes – of course, let's bring him home. You know, we're struggling. We want to see Cam back as a Panther. Ever since he walked out the doors of Bank of America Stadium, almost every Panther fan, maybe not all of them, wanted to see Cam Newton back in a Panthers uniform sometime in his career. And he's sitting at home and – you know, they're realizing that there is a chance that he can come back in Carolina, and I don't see this happening.
4: Well, two things. I, I just think Cam is about done.
5: I know, and I, as I much as I love Cam, it, it's it's. I mean, it's over.
4: But that's thing one. Thing two is there is uh, for all the greats we see every Sunday. There is a ton of bad quarterback play out there that yeah probably cam newton might be better than a few of them but like joe flacco so is he starting who's the guy the jets are starting mike white is that his name they started him well he came in the game the other day day.
5: yeah i saw where they made a move for joe flacco who played for them last year
4: uh somebody pointed out in our facebook live uh, i think it was charles oh he had two words gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew could get on the field with the Eagles. I hope he doesn't because Jalen Hurts, I said this last week, not a good NFL quarterback, pretty great fantasy quarterback. So I hope he stays in because somehow his NFL numbers are awful, but he racks up points in fantasy. So I hope they don't take him out.
5: Chad says, did Chandler say if the Panthers lose the Falcons, I am done, but I am still going to watch all the games. Yes, Yes, he
4: said that. So I'm, I don't know what that means, but yes, you. you.
5: I'm still going to watch the games, but I'm talking about more of like an a, a, like emotionally invested. I'm not going to sit there at tiebreakers and clutch my Panthers hat and yell at the TV when there's an interception. I'm just going to watch the game and enjoy football.
4: All right. Uh, we got to take a break. I am out on my team emotionally watching whatever. I watched a little bit of the game Sunday. I was there for about a quarter and yeah. a half at tiebreakers, and that was the only Washington Green Bay I saw on Sunday because I, like Phil Collins, don't care anymore. Redbeard says, I love depressed Panthers fans. They are a very emotional group, very high, very low. Losing makes you strong. Redbeard is uh, enjoying those tears. Chad, Ryan Tannehill is not an elite quarterback, but he is, as I told Steven Igo many, many moons ago a good NFL quarterback. Not a, he's in a different tier from the elite quarterbacks.
5: What's going to push him to be an elite quarterback? Uh, an- another AFC championship appearance, a potential Super
4: Bowl appearance. No, nah, you got to get to the Super Bowl and probably win it. You can't just just you can't just jump into that tier. Uh he's got to he's got to get there. I'll tell you what, the Titans Talk the about Titans. beating the Bills, and I know the Chiefs are down, but the way they blew them out, that's uh, back-to-back very impressive wins. And the tables have
5: turned for them, too, because um, just a few weeks ago, they lost the Jets at the Jets. <laughs> and it looked like their season could potentially just go downhill. Yeah. But they, uh, with, with victories over the Bills on Monday night and then the other day against the Chiefs and beating them the way they did, I mean,
4: Titans are back in contention. Let's take a timeout. We will come back when we return. We'll visit with The Voice, Jeff Charles, talk pirate football and more. We are back with you after these words.
0: listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show
1: welcome back if you've got damage from wood rot smoke fire or water consider it fixed if you've got damage use a contractor that works for you and not your insurance company Visit FixedNC.com today or call 999-0001. That's three nines, three zeros, and a one. Fixed NC, restore, renew, maintain. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff Rock.
4: Back with you on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live, Jason Hamilton, the Hammer, the head women's soccer coach for ECU, going to join us at 4 o'clock right now. We will head out to the Fixed NC Live line. And visit with the voice, Jeff Charles. He joins us on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Jeff, how you doing today?
6: Clip, I'm doing great. We're all in fast forward this week,
4: aren't we? <laughs> we are. Uh, and after being stuck in the mud uh, for most of Saturday, waiting on a game to kick off. So uh, a tale of two games here with uh, quickly approaching South Florida. And Jeff, you had to wait and wait and wait some more for saturday night and uh i texted your broadcast partner kevin monroe on saturday as you guys were chatting about just about anything you could think to talk about while you were uh killing time before that game could finally kick off late on saturday night but man jeff there's all you know we say like every time you see a baseball game you see something new and no matter how many experiences uh, you have over the years, you can still find something new. This was not in the positive category of that, but, Jeff, uh, a, what, five-hour, 20-minute weather delay? I, I'm I'm assuming you've never experienced anything quite like that before.
6: No, not that long, clip. This was uh, a new one for us, five hours and 20 minutes. You're exactly right. We had a three-hour and 37-minute pregame show on the network. Hmm. This past weekend and people will say well why didn't you just send it back to the radio stations or or whatever for local programming well the business has changed so much in local radio clip as you well know that many of the stations that we have on the network were on timers that you know are set by computers and are set to of course uh, just carry our games and are set for a certain period of time so (laughs) if you pull the plug on where you are Uh, at the stadium and you're probably going to pull the plug or not be able to get the game back on the air on the radio station. So we've kind of gone to this policy over the last few years that when this happens, we just keep it right at the stadium and and continue to fill, which we did. And Kevin, uh, you mentioned Kevin and Kevin wasn't feeling really well on Saturday. He had a bad throat. So we uh, tried to save his voice for the game. And so he didn't participate as much in the pregame show as he might. So it was pretty much Marty Fuhrer, our sideline guy, and me and David Horn was monitoring uh, the uh, the weather situation and the radars, and then we would throw it back and forth to uh, Jeff Hamlin, who does our score updates from the studio. And we were able to fill three hours and thirty seven minutes. Now we did have some guests on. Uh, John Gilbert came on with us, and Brian Bailey came on with us for a few minutes as well. We had Joe Dooley on. We had uh, Cliff uh, Godwin on as well. So you know, we we got a lot of good information out there, Cliff, and I've gotten a lot of feedback on that three-hour and 37-minute pregame show, and people did seem to enjoy hearing something a little bit different. We talked an awful lot about conference expansion and how it has impacted East Carolina and the AAC. So I think we got some good information out there, and I think people enjoyed hearing that.
4: Yeah, no doubt, Jeff. Uh, you guys did a, a fantastic job uh, as always. So uh, Wanted to give you and uh, everybody credit for that. And then uh, kickoff time came, and, Je- and and just like the the South Carolina game, the the UCF game, pretty much every game this year, East Carolina belonged on the field with the opponent, and East Carolina had an opportunity to win the game, and uh, it did not go the Pirates' way. Late, Jeff, we saw another fourth-quarter comeback, but Pirates just couldn't get it done offensively uh, in crunch time, in winning time down the stretch there, and unfortunately, we've seen that in a uh, a few games this year where East Carolina could easily have four, five, six wins right now if, if things went their way.
6: Well, you're right, Cliff. It's like we've seen this movie before, haven't we? And that's kind of been the tale of the season this year. This team has gotten so much better. They're very competitive. Games in past years against The quality of opponent that East Carolina is playing, as we know, were blowouts. They're not now. ECU is right there, but you just got to find a way to win the game. you got to find a way to kick the door in, and right now the Pirates haven't quite been able to do that. But I'm really encouraged, Cliff, with what I see week to week. And the defense last week was just terrific. 13 tackles behind the line of scrimmage and five quarterback sacks against a good Houston offense. I mean, the guys just played lights out. And I think we can see this defense continuing to grow and mature every week. And I was talking with Blake Harrell, the defensive coordinator, yesterday. I said, Blake, if you can keep all of these guys together and they all come back next year, I mean, this defense could be really salty next year because a lot of guys are playing and a lot of guys are getting experience and they're getting better and they're learning how to play in Blake's system. And and they've got a belief now. I've been talking to some of the defensive players of late, Clip, and, and the one has turned with them that uh, they really believe now when they go out on the field they're going to shut down the opposition. <laughs> yeah, and that really wasn't the case, you know, the last few years. But now they can't wait to get out there and hit somebody and and shut them down. So that whole mindset I think has really changed with the defense. So now, as you mentioned, uh, the offense has been inconsistent, and that's what's holding the team back right now to win some games. And hopefully, they can find some consistency uh, beginning tomorrow, not against USF, but last week against Houston, they just were not able to run the ball. And then when you turn the ball over three times against a quality opponent clip, most times you're not going to win the football game. So they've got to take better care of the ball. They've got to get the running game going, which will not be easy. Again, against a, a defensive front at USF, that's really good like Houston's was last week. And then they've got to develop a little bit more uh, consistency as well. In, uh, in the
4: passing game. And Jeff, you, you've got a team in South Florida sometimes the second half of the season will roll around, the weather starts to get a little cooler, the losses start to pile up, and you, maybe you don't do it intentionally, but you you just kind of pack it in. Well, South Florida uh, did not do that because they got their first FBS win of the year on Saturday in a big way at home over Temple. So they're still fighting. They're fighting for themselves. They're fighting for their coach, Jeff Scott, who's trying to turn things around there. And then we talked to um, someone from South Florida on the show on Tuesday, and he said it kind of sounded a lot like Mike Houston when he came into East Carolina. He said the— the cupboard was a lot more bare than, than people thought uh, when when Charlie Strong left, and and it had to be a complete overhaul. So, you know, we can kind of commiserate with what they've been going through, but uh, they are going to come in hungry and off a of high, Jeff, with their best win of the year uh, on Saturday uh, against Temple.
6: Well, no doubt about that clip, and the stat of the day is forty five minutes of possession time. Wow, the USF offense, I. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I'm sure it's been done, especially by a team like a uh, Navy or an Air Force or an army that, that they run the wishbone and they keep the ball for long drives, but I don't know with a conventional offense whether I've ever seen that before.
4: <laughs> well, Jeff, and- can I add on to that? Uh, speaking of uh, a, you know option-style offense, here's one in the stats books for them, too. They have two passing touchdowns all year to 16 rushing touchdowns. Are we sure they're not running the triple option down there in Tampa?
6: <laughs> well, when you look at those stats, you would think so. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing that kind of jumps off the page at you. Don't have my notes right in front of me right now, Cliff, but I believe they only have three and a half or maybe four sacks uh, through seven games. Huh. So they're not getting to the quarterback either and making sacks, which is a little bit strange in this day and age of college football as well. But uh, I'll tell you what, in talking with the coaches, they're very impressed with the freshman quarterback at USF, uh, Timmy McLean. He's a true freshman. They've thrown him in the fire. He's very athletic. He can run. He throws it well, too. He's a lefty like Holton Nailers. They feel like they have found their quarterback of the future, a young man from Sanford, Florida, Jeff Blake's hometown, by the way. And so they uh, they feel good about that kid, and, and they were able to run the ball last week very well. They had two running backs that ran for over 100 yards in that game, and they are a run-first team, and they will try and pound you, pound you, and then, uh, surprise you, go over the top uh, with some receivers who can get deep. So every week, as you well know, Cliff, it's a dog fight, and, and we say this every time East Carolina plays USF, even if they are not having a good year is the fact that they always pass the eye test. They, they have good athletes. They look good when they come out there on the field. Uh, they look the part and they've got Florida kids. And you know what that means? That means speed and athleticism and a lot of the talent positions. And that's what they will bring into Greenville tomorrow night. So that two and five record, you can throw that one out the window because you have to look at the caliber of competition. They have played as well. If They'd have played, a lesser schedule they would have come in here with uh, a winning record but uh, they played a really killer schedule and so that's why they've lost some games but talent wise and now that Scott is in his second year they're probably getting more comfortable in what he wants to do so believe me the Pirates will have to come out like they do in all of these conference games they've got to come out and play their A game to win tomorrow night.
4: Jeff Charles joining us. We'll visit with The Voice coming up Hour 1 of the Bud Light pregame tailgate on Thursday. He'll join us at 3.30 right when we kick off the show on Thursday. Looking forward to that as uh, Jeff will have his uh, his big boards with him and we'll break down some of the personnel for the South Florida Bulls and East Carolina Pirates. Jeff, uh, SMU and Houston showdown coming up at TDECU Stadium this week, and it's about a pick em. Houston's actually a one-point home favorite against the undefeated smu mustangs this looks like a um a winner goes to the championship to face cincinnati game still a lot of football to be played but uh the winner of this game will be in the driver's seat to potentially go face the bearcats in an important championship game uh what's your take on that one i know uh, the pirates haven't seen smu this year but you've seen houston up close and personal uh that's a big game coming up this saturday
6: it really is, and I'll tell you what it is, Cliff. It's uh, SMU's offense, which has been terrific this year, against Houston's defense, which has been really good this year. So it's kind of the classic matchup. Who's going to win, the offensive team or the defensive team? Usually in those kinds of games, uh, the defense, if it plays well, like Houston has all year long, will have an advantage. But nobody's really stopped SMU offensively. I've not had a chance to really watch them closely. I've seen them you know, bits and pieces a few times on TV, but I really haven't watched them that much have watched Houston. I, I think, I think they're good, but clip, uh, what's encouraging if you're an East Carolina fan is that yes, Houston's one of the better teams in this league and the pirates are right there with them now. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's what I think East Carolina fans have to hang their hat on. And, uh, even as good as Houston is, uh, the pirates have a chance to to compete and win that game last week. So, I don't know who to pick in that one because, again, I've not really seen SMU all that much, but I do know they can move the ball, and they've got a really good quarterback, and they can score a point. So we'll see if Houston can can stop them.
4: Jeff Charles joining us, Cincinnati Bearcats number two in the nation. Uh, The Ohio State Buckeyes, Jeff, look like one of the hottest teams in college football, and everything's in front of them to go to a playoff. You've got uh, the Browns with a winning record. Uh, four and three as they uh, wait to get Baker Mayfield back healthy. And the Cincinnati Bengals are on top of the AFC North after a blowout win over the Ravens. So the state of Ohio is uh, is, is the, the football capital of the world right now, voice. And uh, I know you don't get a chance to watch a lot of NFL coming off a long Saturday, especially one like uh, this past Saturday. When you uh, you know opened the paper and saw the Bengals at the top of the division, did you uh, have to do a double take on that one?
6: Yeah, I really have to clip because they've been so bad for so long as we all know. And there's a lot of apathy in Cincinnati, uh, regarding the Bengals There always is, it seems like because they've had so many bad seasons and people have always been very critical of the ownership and management in Cincinnati for a long, long time, but it does seem like that they are, they are better this year. So we'll see if it lasts. Uh, but yes, uh, the state of Ohio is a real football rabbit state off the top of my head. I'm not sure which uh, Mac team is the best one this year in the state of Ohio. I know Toledo was expecting to have a great year. I mean, they were like a fringe top 25 team going into the season. Last time I looked, they had lost three games, but you know, there's always a Mac team or two in the state because I think there are six Mac schools in the state of Ohio. And usually one or two of those schools will also be having a really good year. So it's a it's a great state for for football they love their football up there and i guess i started thinking more football in ohio this time of year clip when it's cool and you you watch some of these games uh, we had a chance to look in and watch a lot of games at the press box on saturday and you know it's totally different up there this time of year than it is here even though it's a little cooler here today but up there you turn the games on down everybody's sitting there with stocking caps on and, <laughs> and coats and gloves and it looks like the middle of winter and that's that's when I think of Big Ten football, and I think of Midwest football this time of year, and you know, that's just typical for this Michigan-Michigan State game that is coming up yeah. on Saturday in East Lansing. Number eight versus number six, and my goodness, where's Michigan State come from? They've they just kind of come out of nowhere with uh, Mel Tucker in there, undefeated. Michigan's undefeated, and you'll turn that game on Saturday if uh, you want to watch the game, and it'll look like a bit of winter up there.
4: Yeah, Michigan State kind of trended bad towards the end of of D'Antonio there after really they were uh, a factor and a really good team for years. But for whatever uh, reason, Mel Tucker has been able to – I don't know, to, to find it there in East Lansing, and a huge one coming up there for Sparty and uh, the Michigan Wolverines as those Big Ten teams will now start to eat each other. Ohio State still has to play both Michigan and Michigan State. Ohio State has Penn State this weekend, so all these top-notch Big Ten teams about to face off against one another going to be a fun uh, last month and, and a half of college football to wrap up the regular season. Jeff Charles joining us, Jeff. The Braves have won nothing in the World Series after winning last night on the road the Power Bats of Atlanta with... Jorge Soler hitting a leadoff home run. Adam Duvall hit a home run, and they got enough pitching from Charlie Morton, who had to leave the game early And that Braves bullpen that has been awesome all postseason showed up again last night. So maybe the Astros do what they do, and that score a lot of runs at home tonight. But, uh, man, that was an important game one for Atlanta to get to now uh, get the home field advantage. And look, uh, they, they could potentially close it out in Atlanta now if things go their way. So uh, Braves in a good spot right now.
6: Yeah, they are because they're the underdogs, as you well know, Clip, going into this series. And to get that first win is uh, is really big. But there's just something about the Astros. They just know how to win. And they've been there and they've done that. I'm not saying the Braves could not win the World Series. They could. But I still think Houston has to be the favorite. And you're right. They've got those big bats and they play well at home and one would expect them to bounce back tonight and, and play well and, and win tonight. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. But you know, they'll feel pretty good if they can get a split after losing that first game.
4: Jeff Charles joining us. Jeff will uh let you save up your voice because we got a lot going on. We got the voice joining us tomorrow, but even before that, uh Jeff will be live at UBE for the UBE Pirate Preview. Got that coming up at noon tomorrow, Jeff. So a big Thursday night, blackout ESPN game, and folks are fired up around here. This is an important game for East Carolina, and uh, I think the fans are going to be excited, and we'll get it rolling at noon on Thursday.
6: Yeah, going to be a big day, a big Thursday, and of course, uh, blackout encouraging everybody to wear black, and I know the Pirates will be excited to get out there and play again these guys are very resilient. They bounce back a lot quicker than old radio announcers. I can assure you, Cliff. <laughs> and uh, these guys, uh, you know, I saw them at the press conference on Monday. And they look like uh, they really hadn't even played a game uh, 48 hours earlier. So uh, they'll bounce back. They'll be ready to go. They're excited about the way they're playing now. It's a confident unit. And I think the Pirates will come out and, and play well on Thursday. And hopefully it will be good enough to, uh, to beat USF.
4: Jeff, thanks for joining us. We will uh, hear from you coming up on noon on Thursday and then talk to you on the Bud Light pregame tailgate on Thursday. And then, of course, you'll have a great call with the crew on Thursday evening. So uh, rest up the voice, voice.
6: Sounds great. Uh, looking forward to Eclipse. It's going to be an entire day of Pirate football. And uh, we enjoy uh, our times with you and Pirate Radio and calling the games. And So we'll have uh, we'll have a big day on Thursday for sure
4: looking forward to it jeff charles joining us today and we'll talk to him tomorrow on the bud light pregame tailgate all right let's take a time out when we return hour two of pirate radio live we'll, we'll we will visit with the head women's soccer coach of east carolina coming off a big win over a ranked team shirley rhodes was there on the pa bringing them some good luck on uh, over the weekend on sunday We'll talk to the hammer, Jason Hamilton. He'll join us live in the Pirate Radio studios to talk about what has transpired this season and what could still transpire during this 2021 ECU women's soccer campaign. That's on the way, hour two of Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after the show.
1: Welcome back. Villa Verde on 10th Street and Villa Verde Dose by the hospital are open for you, serving unique and healthy dishes uh, from the Dominican Republic. Order online at myvillaverde.com or the Villa Verde app. Order a family meal that feeds six to seven people, and they'll have it ready for curbside pickup today. Whether it's dine-in or takeout, Villa Verde is a platform for good. Now let's we'll head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff
4: Rock. All right, big hour number two on tap coming up in about 25 minutes or so. We will talk to the PA announcer for the Carolina Hurricanes at PNC Arena. He is Wade Minter, who has been calling a lot of Hurricanes goals this year. They are 5-0, oh, so we'll talk about the Canes hot start and what's coming up next for them mike mull is still uh, set to join us at five o'clock we'll hear from ecu defensive coordinator blake harrell in the five o'clock hour as well right now we'll talk some ecu women's soccer with the head coach of the pirate soccer program jason hamilton joins us inside the pirate radio studios and coach uh,
2: welcome back good to see you absolutely thanks for having me
4: and uh, congratulations on a big win uh, i believe the first since you've been here against a ranked opponent yeah. Uh, with the win over Memphis on Sunday.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, this This conference gives you plenty of opportunities, especially this year. We've, I think we've had three or four in the top 25. Uh, so just a great, great year for American Athletic Soccer and uh, still, still more to go. And, you know, soccer, there's
4: not as many goals as there are points in other sports. But still, the amount of one-goal games you guys have played is pretty remarkable. I think I see two in conference that were... Uh, two score games outside of that, two goal games outside of that. It was all one goal games, where either you came out on top, you came out on the bottom, or you
2: tied. I mean, every game it seems like is a fight for you guys. It really is. And last year, I think it was only one of the of the eight was not a one goal in difference. So it's a, it's a really tight conference uh, this year. You know, the best they've that the conference has been in in years. Uh, seven teams in the top seventy five right now. So everyone's battling. Everyone's close and. Uh, that's that's made uh, some interesting things play out here towards the end of the year.
4: So the postseason begins on Sunday, but your regular season is over, and that's just a scheduling quirk, you said, where everybody gets a, an off day uh, in the week, and yours just happened to
2: pop up on the last date of the regular season. Yeah, this is our bye week, so uh, we just sit back and uh, see what happens, see how it plays out to figure out. What the final seeding will end up like, and we're at least safe and in the conference tournament, and now just wait out our uh, our destiny. So who are you playing on Sunday, Coach? <laughs> Wouldn't we like to know? So <laughs> at least 21 different scenarios could play out in tomorrow's games. That is nuts. Uh, yeah, we thought it was 18, and then we realized, oh, we missed three more different scenarios that could happen. So we will be uh, glued two, uh, I think four different TVs trying to figure it out. I know the team's getting together to to watch um, that as well as watch ECU football. And as a coaching staff, we'll be doing the same to try and uh, not only see who we're going to play so we can be prepared for who we're going to play uh, and have video ready and have training ready on Friday, but we still have to make travel arrangements to get there.
4: Crazy stuff. So you, the good news is the Pirates will be playing in the American uh, soccer tournament Absolutely. on Sunday. The, the thing we don't know is who that will be and where you guys We'll be traveling, too. But uh, you earned your spot. I was a little confused because I remember talking to you this time last year where only the top four teams went. This year, it's back to six. Yeah. So six teams will be in the tournament.
2: Yeah. Now, uh, the the COVID year, we kind of put things a little bit smaller at one location uh, and how it works with six teams is this first weekend, three and four seeds will host five and six, one and two get a bye, and then the semis and finals are hosted by the top seed. Uh, so we're, we're back to a, a normal year. Um, but this is, you know, three out of four years – since I've been here, we've been in the conference tournament, and it's come down to the final weekend every single time. So it is uh, no surprise to us that we're we're not knowing exactly what to do until those final games are, are played. But usually we're playing in one of those games, so it's a little bit different just sitting back and having to watch.
4: So we'll know uh, around nine ten o'clock Thursday evening?
2: Yeah, so think? there's two Eastern uh, Eastern time games, and then there's two Central time games. Right. So about 10, Add an hour 10, 10 to that. 30, 11 o'clock, we'll, we'll know. Uh, we'll have... Flights on hold to different locations and buses and hotels ready to go and we'll pull the pull the trigger right there Friday morning once we've got everything locked in.
4: And usually the Sunday games are early afternoon. Will that be the case? You think for your tournament game? Yeah,
2: probably a one o'clock game on on Sunday. Um, you know, it, it's sometimes we'll play at noon like we did with Memphis because they had some flights where they need to get out a little bit early. Looking at flights to come back, I don't think we'll be uh, playing that game at noon. We might just have to stay an extra night because uh, trying to book flights for. Twenty five plus people, forty eight hours out is tough.
4: At home, you guys are always on ESPN Plus or EastUPirates I see on the road, most of your road games are on ESPN Plus. I guess it matters if they have the capability. But do you you plan on being on ESPN Plus? On yeah, Sunday? I would
2: anticipate um, all the schools in conference have the capability of okay. doing the the ESPN uh, platform. Some of them they just they would stream like we do with our you know on, on Facebook Live. But I think being in a conference tournament, they'll fa- they'll put them on the ESPN.
4: Well, Coach, let's uh, kind of recap the season again. It's been uh, razor thin, uh, the margin of victory or defeat for you, uh, for the team this year. So uh, just to recap the season as a whole, how do you you feel about the 2021 season?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, kind of what we anticipate, a very talented group that we have, um, some... Some young players who were very impactful. I think we had some growing pains. I think our youth showed in a few games. We had some games where we were, uh, we actually joked about it until Sunday's game, that when we played good, we lost. When we played bad, we won. Um, But Sunday against Memphis, we played good and won. So we'll we'll take that. But we had some games where we were the better team Uh, stat-wise, we were, you know, we were more dominant and just didn't come out with a victory. I think uh, you know that SMU game in the second half, we outshot them something crazy, like sixteen to three. Hit the post, hit the crossbar, and just couldn't buy a goal. We had a couple non-conference games the same way, where we were you know double or tripled our opponent in shots and, and end up not losing the game. So those are growing pains. Uh, you know, a late overtime loss in in conference, a late overtime loss in non-conference. Those are those are things you learn from. And when you've got five, six freshmen on the field at once, you know that stuff's going to happen. So I think the team's grown quite a bit. Uh, but just a, a really talented young group that you know mixing the the players that had the extra year and our, and our fifth year seniors and it's really put together a, a quality quality squad for us. And you've
4: got some conference tournament experience, so it's one you, you kind of hear it in all sports where you you, you go there and then you, you suffer a loss and then you get back there and then and you win. You know is that. Kind of the thing here, like, hey, we we've, we've been here before. Let's let's make a run here.
2: Yeah, I mean, our our seniors, this will be their uh, their third time there, and they've been to the, the semifinals both times, so they know what it takes to to get through and advance in that first round, which we did, I think, back in 2018. So they they've been there and they understand it, but you know, they they want to take this program to the next step. Uh, You know, and I think we've got more to play for than just, you know, winning this first round to get into the next round. We are a a NCAA bubble team right now. We are on the bubble. And so if we can get to, you know, depending on on what path we have, and we'll find that out tomorrow to get to the semis, uh, we've got an opportunity to, you know, build our resume a little bit more. I think uh, four of the teams out of the the six right now are in the top 50, and Memphis is at 55. So anybody we play this Sunday will, will bump us a little bit more, give us another top 50 result, and then. Uh, you know now we're well, now we're sitting in a different position than we are right now and it could be very interesting
4: and uh, you talk about all the quality opponents you've played this year and then the top 25 matchups where is the AAC among the other conferences in the nation as far as the the strength
2: yeah we're, we're typically fifth uh, I think this year we could be as high as third right now wow. um, the the ACC is very dominant they've they've got I think three or four teams in the top five in the RPI um, and then the uh, the SEC is pretty high the the Pac twelve is having a down year, um, but they'll. I mean, they'll still end up with probably four or five teams in the NCAA tournament, and then the uh, the, the Big Ten and and the uh, Big Twelve. You know, I think just with the quality that we have with our, our non conference um, results that our, our teams have had. We're ahead of them right now. So we're having a really good year, probably very close with the Pac twelve for, for third or fourth right now.
4: Wow. And uh, so who do you do you have people in the industry you talk to about hey, where
2: are we? You know, with the other coaches? Yeah. You know, so I'm you... actually on the committee. <laughs> okay, <So laughs> yeah, you got I'm, an inside. Yeah, so I'm on the, uh, the the Southern Region Committee. So we we select weekly the top ten teams in the region for you know for rankings for the RPI and and then at this point in the season, we're now ranking the top 45 because typically the, the top 45 are going to be the teams that we're, we're choosing out of for the at-larges once all the uh, automatic bids come in. So, yeah, I'm pretty involved in that. So I've got first hand knowledge and get to look at it on a weekly basis and, and meet with coaches about that. Um, and so, you know, this will be the first... You know, this is the first week we're in that conversation. We've we've kind of floated around, you know, sixty-five to eighty, so uh, throughout the season. But now we're we're pushing that number, and and the results that we have against the top fifty teams are kind of putting us in that conversation.
4: All right, I love a bubble. <laughs> I, I mean, my dream is to see ECU men's basketball on a bubble, and uh, seeing the women make the tournament all those years ago with Sharon baldwin and was awesome as well. So. A little uh November madness here yeah. perhaps for for the pirates that's great, so is it a uh
2: is it sixty four field tournament yep yeah, so sixty four um and so you you typically have to be in the top sixty um, you know there'll be some teams in there in, in the thirties that just don't have a have the results and so with right now we've got i think we've got three top fifty wins um and again with some opportunities here in front of us. And so there's some teams that have a higher RPI, some Ivy League teams that they haven't beaten anybody outside their conference. So they're, they're going to have some tough times getting in there. Uh, some of the more true mid-majors that are in a, a conference where they've got to win it out to, to be in. So, uh, you know, a, a win on Sunday would put us in really good shape. And then anything after that's bonus and, you know, see what happens.
4: When did you compete in the 2020-2021 tournament the previous season? So last spring? What month was— Oh, so that would have been April. That, this this past, the April. past April. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. You're, it's a you're quick turnaround. At, yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> I was getting at, that you're looking at your second conference tournament in just a matter of a few months here. Uh, but you, you made the turnaround successful, and the Pirates will now find out their fate coming up on Thursday night, and uh, we'll have that information for you. And also, uh, coming up Sunday, they'll be participating in the AAC Championship, the first round of that tournament. And Coach... Uh, who are you uh, you counting on as you try to make this tournament run here? Who are your uh, your players you'll be watching?
2: Well, I think uh, Haley McWarder's a freshman who who's had a great run in conference. She kind of hit her stride at the right time. Um, she was the the American rookie of the week three weeks in a row. Uh, this she she had the game winner against Memphis. Maybe got snubbed and of getting it four weeks in a row. People might have gotten sick of seeing her name, so they might have voted for someone else. But
4: can't give Bill Belichick the coach of the year every year. So So, so she's she's
2: been uh, she's hit a hot streak, scoring some goals for us here in conference play. Um, And then our our senior group is is really our back line. You know Kim Sanford, who's who's you know this she will set the record for most games ever played alone. She's tied it on on Sunday against Memphis. So this game coming up will will set that record as the. The most games ever played by a, a soccer player here, um, so obviously she's got a lot of experience. So we, you know, her and and Addie Sauls and, and Morgan Dewey are are three of our our seniors, and, and they're going to be back there on the back line. Um, so we've we've got it. This is where it's got to get a lot tighter. You got to be stronger defensively. Give the other team no opportunities just make them earn everything so um you know we we looked at we went into that that last game and if we didn't give up a goal against Memphis we were we were going to be safe um they they scored first but the team fought back and and responded well to get two goals in the second half
4: yeah two late goals uh and the Pirates are victorious over the 23rd ranked Memphis Tigers talking to Jason Hamilton here in the Pirate Radio Studios you, you said you've got so many scenarios uh that can play out is
2: anything set? Are the top two set right now, or is nothing? Everything's up yep. for grabs. One through six is up for wow. grabs right now. So yeah, it's uh, there's a it, it's been so close and and you know kind of teams beating up on each other and, and some a lot more ties this year ther- this year than usual and so it is it is wide open. Uh, we know the six teams going, and we just need to figure out who's who's going to be seated where.
4: How have you done against uh, those six so far this season?
2: So, yeah, so we beat Memphis, we beat Houston,
4: um, we. Lost. And SMU is ranked uh, or was at yeah, yeah. the time. The anyway, SMU's, yeah, SMU
2: SMU's now I think 14 or 15 okay. in the country. We lost to them, but again, you know, we had a, a really good performance that, you know, the the score 2-0 doesn't really reflect what the game looked like. We uh, we lost to South Florida in overtime at that was South the, Florida. the uh, conference opener. Yeah, right? first one and and that was a tough one cuz we had the lead twice and then uh UCF, we had we had just played before Memphis and same thing, we we lost 2 nothing, but hit the post a couple times at the crossbar. We were all over him in the second half, outshot him in that, that game. And so, you know, we— we know no one wants to play us. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we bring a unique style, and, and we can match. Memphis is a, is a little more physical and, and you know, more direct, and we can play with that. The South Florida and Central Florida and SMU want to pass and, and really, you know, keep possession of the ball, and we can disrupt that. And then Houston, you know, has a very athletic front group that we were able to, you know, keep in, in bay every time we play them, so...
4: And you know you can play with everybody. You've proven that. But after you beat a ranked team like Memphis, I mean, did you notice any difference uh, from the team? Like, did a, a light bulb go off? Like, hey, we we certainly belong here. We can do this.
2: Yeah, I think, and and not even them being ranked. Just it's Memphis. There, you know, Memphis has been a top team in this conference for you know from the day this conference was, was brought together. And so they are, you know, they're always a top 20 team. They're always in the NCAA tournament. Um, we've always played them tough. It's been a one goal game all four times we've played them since I've been here, but that's the first time that we've beaten them. And so I think, you know, just looking at a team that's, you know, a perennial powerhouse like they are for our, our group to look at themselves and say, hey, we just did that, you know, and that's, that's not something a lot of teams in our conference can say. Jason Hamilton joining us
4: inside the Pirate Radio Studios, East Carolina heading off to the AAC tournament. We just don't know where or who as of yet, but we'll find out on Thursday night when the final regular season games our played, Coach. Uh, great stuff today. Anything else uh, we need to know?
2: No, just uh, be, be watching and cheering us on, and hopefully we can make a little run here and extend the season even longer.
4: Man, that'd be awesome. Uh, Pirates in the postseason coming up starting this Sunday and hopefully a long run ahead. Coach, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll talk again soon uh, back inside the Pirate Radio
2: Studios. Thanks for having me.
4: Thank you. There is Jason Hamilton joining us uh, inside the Pirate Radio Studios. We'll take a timeout, come back, have more for you on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after the.
0: This is Pirate Radio, WGHB Farmville, W224EI Greenville, WDLX Washington, and W281CH Washington. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at ENC.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. You work hard for your money. At Carolina Wealth Management, we believe that your money should work hard for you. And do you know if it is? To learn more about your investment portfolio, go to mycarolinawealth.com to schedule a free consultation. That's MyCarolinaWealth.com. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Rock.
4: All right, great to have Jason Hamilton join us a moment ago. And uh, just the thought of an East Carolina team being in an NCAA tournament fires me up. And not only do they have a chance to run through the American in the conference tournament, but the win over Memphis, uh, according to Coach Hamilton, puts them on a bubble. Bubble Watch, Shirley Rhodes. Bubble Watch 2021, which we don't get to do a lot for men's or women's hoops. So no,
1: and and I'm thrilled for them. And I I will tell you, just uh, by watching uh, the game on Sunday, it was it was a thrilling matchup. It it went back and forth because Memphis scored early in that game, and it was one nothing for the longest time. I believe that they scored their uh, East Carolina scored both their goals in the second. half of the game and you know uh he talked about Haley McWhorter and I have been very impressed by her and uh they've got some really good players including the goalie who is a D.H. Conley product
4: um only the best and bright Maeve
1: English keep it keep also remember that name because Maeve English is a really good goalie and uh because Memphis had quite a few opportunities on goal and Maeve made uh a lot of saves, so it kept them in the game. They were able to battle back. More and like t- save
4: English, am I right?
1: Yeah, save English. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well done, sir. Um, but uh, it was it was a lot of fun to watch, and it was a it was a little bit of a nail biter. They finally scored, you know, tied it, and then they scored that last goal. Uh, I think with about, I think it was around less than five minutes left in the game, and then they were able to hold off Memphis. So. A uh, huge, huge win for uh, uh, Jason Hamilton's team, and I'm I'm pretty excited about what could possibly we could see on the pitch for East Carolina.
4: Well, uh, th- it was a good weekend for uh, soccer and for volleyball. Uh-huh. Volleyball picking up a win, three to two over Houston, uh, moving them to four and six in conference play so they still got a ton of games left mm-hmm. so maybe that uh, sends them trending in the right direction they'll be on the road this weekend friday and sunday at memphis smu and then back uh in mengees coming up the following friday and sunday against the florida schools south florida and ucf so uh women's soccer headed to the aac tournament on sunday we'll find out the opponent thursday evening and uh volleyball still kind of in the middle of of their conference uh, slate, surely a lot of games left to go.
1: Yeah, and I was uh, quite pleased to find out that volleyball had won because when I first uh, checked in, they had fallen behind a couple of games uh, in the first or second set. I can't remember, but they they were uh, they had to rally to beat Houston. So, uh, pretty uh, happy that uh, they were able to battle back. And they've they've really been in a lot of the uh, games that they have had to uh, play so far this season. And uh, they're doing quite well, actually. I mean, their record doesn't exactly show it, but I think that they are a much better team than they have been.
4: We are under, two weeks away from the start of women's basketball. We'll uh, get Kim McNeil on soon. Mm -hmm. and uh, talk some women's hoops. And, of course, uh, we'll talk men's basketball every Tuesday, 3 o'clock. Had a great conversation with Antoine Jackson on the show yesterday as he went through uh, the returners, talked about how they've improved, and also gave us some insight on the newcomers. And uh, Chandler, he kind of gave us a uh, a bit of a tidbit. Watch out for Brandon Johnson and uh, Javon Small. He said those were the two freshmen that were – really coming along and uh could make an immediate impact for this team
5: Talked about how physical these guys are physical physical um diving on the floor for loose balls yeah Th- he's mentioned a lot of stats don't that don't show up in the stat sheet
4: well uh, the stat if, bailey if that's the case it probably wouldn't be a stat
5: well, the stats of course uh, is a statistic you can look at he's talking
4: uh, about things you you'd look at them but they're not stats <laughs> but they're not stats <laughs> right right <laughs> the intangibles but no thank you but after
5: his segment i was like well coach thanks for shining some light on some guys that we really don't focus on we've been focusing on these new guys like frank and tabs and jackson uh and and the guys obviously who have been in this program that are going to bring a lot of leadership uh uh, and, and veteran uh type presence for this basketball program this year but he was able to talk about some guys like you said Brandon Johnson was a guy that he really liked um and uh, and he named, named some other freshmen on this team that could uh, maybe get some time and, and and put some uh and help the pirates out this year
4: all right uh i'm getting just several texts uh throughout the week of people admitting that it, they are Gary from Gastonia or Larry in Texas <laughs> i'm still continuing to get those really i was i was driving down the road uh, yesterday i told you shirley
1: oh yeah 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 you had told my me about window this.
4: down at the stoplight guy yells hey clip stop yelling at people on the radio <laughs> <laughs> that's and, when
1: you know you've made it in this town
4: well i look over and it's our old friend uh retired joe formerly ups yes, Joe. Yeah. yeah who's been a listener for a long time and a caller and uh, he had a good laugh.
1: I do believe he's the one with the famous line, Are you listening, Cecil? So.
4: That was Kyle. Nah, that was Kyle LaGrange.
1: Oh, was it Kyle? I yes. thought it was Joe that did that. That was not Joe. Oh, okay. I remember never mind.
5: that call like it was yesterday.
4: Joe had a great call that was a return on Live at Five for years that said, We're not the North Carolina Tar Heels.
1: Oh, yeah, that's and the we're one. we're not. Yep. Mm-hmm.
4: The NC State Wolfpack we're the east carolina pirates and we're damn proud of it
1: that's the right one great yep, okay, line yep
4: from joe from over the years um we have so many like he look, still
1: calls in every now and then yeah. just not during the show he usually calls <laughs> in during the day <laughs> yeah, he does. and i'll answer the phone and he'll be like Shirley, this is joe i'm like uh hey joe yeah the, she'll hang up the
5: phone that was ups joe
1: <laughs> yeah well no because when he does when he says this is joe if he doesn't tell me it's ups joe i mean it could be any joe Schmo off the street well we have
4: joe uh from philly as well yeah we've got al al in philly yeah al in philly there's another we we have several
1: joes yeah i mean joe's a very common name there was a joe
4: that you
5: yelled out about the marshall remember the was that a joe oh the seven damn gaps guy
4: seven damn (laughs) gaps seven damn gaps that was joe (laughs) Okay, <laughs> that, that was Joe. Oh my God, we got two. Our uh, our family tree is has a lot of branches on it. Pirate, well, you Pirate stick Radio around long enough,
1: tree. we you know the the tree branches out.
4: So, all right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We will talk some puck with Wade Mentor, the PA announcer at PNC Arena for the Carolina Hurricanes. How about a five zero start for the Canes. We'll talk about that and what's coming up for Carolina when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University ENC.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency for maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk. Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All
4: right, the lineup is set for the Atlanta Braves for game two. Righty on the mound for Houston. So Eddie Rosario goes back to leadoff, followed by Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies. That'll be three lefties at the top of the lineup for Atlanta with Albies being a uh, switch hitter. Austin Riley, followed by the DH, Jorge Soler, Jocktober, Adam Duvall, Travis Darno, and Dansby Swanson rounding out the lineup for the Braves. Max Freed, the lefty, on the mound for Atlanta, and look, the Astros hammer a lot of teams. They can certainly hammer lefties, so Max uh, did not pitch great in his last outing, but he is, he's been fantastic, so uh, looking forward to Game 2 coming up tonight just after 8 o'clock. Uh, no Hurricanes hockey tonight, but man, they have been awesome to start their season. And we'll talk about it now with the PA announcer right there at PNC Arena calling all the goals, penalties, and more. He is Wade Minner joining us uh, for the first time this season on Pirate Radio Live. We've talked to him several times in the past. Wade, good to catch up with you, man. How you doing today?
7: I'm doing great, Clip. Thanks for having me back on.
4: Yes, sir. Thank you for your time. And uh, I had to get you back on to talk about these 5-0 Carolina Hurricanes, 22 goals for, 8 goals against. What a start to the season for Carolina. And there were high expectations for this team, Wade, coming into the year. But how about this start? Any any surprise that they've gotten off to this good of a start to the season?
7: It's a great start. And, you know, I think last time we talked, I was expressing a little bit of worry that they had turned over a lot of the team. Brand-new goaltenders. Bottom half of the defense has been turned over. About a third of the forwards. And I was worried. I was worried that that was a lot of change for a contending team, that it was going to take a while for the guys to gel and get into the system. But apparently those worries weren't founded because they are tearing it up right now.
4: And, Wade, looking at it, uh, the Canes have played five games. Now, some teams have played six and seven games. But Carolina Hurricanes' goals against sitting at eight right now, is the lowest in all of the NHL. So how has uh, that that goaltending? obviously been great so far uh, for Carolina.
7: Absolutely. Freddie Anderson has been as advertised. He's a big guy. Uh, Pretty cool to see a guy that the Canes drafted back in the early to mid-2000s who didn't sign with the team come back now all those years later and play really well. Uh, He had a tough year in Toronto last year, but he wasn't playing in front of the type of defense that the Canes have put in front of him. And he's just been really calm and cool and collected. And, uh, you know, after several years of Peter Morozik, who was a very good goalie, but certainly a lot more scrambly. It's been fun to see a guy just sit there and make the routine saves and uh, not not get too high, not get
6: too low.
4: And if you're going to be a great team, you need your your elite players to be great. And that's been the case so far with, I guess, is this the way it's supposed to be, uh, Wade, with Svechnikov and Aho leading the way in points for Carolina thus far?
7: Absolutely. You know, Svetch got the big contract this off season, and I think the expectation would be that he would produce, and he's certainly taken up that challenge and answered the bell. Five goals, I believe, on the season for Svetch in five games, so you can't really ask for more than that. And with Sebastian Ajo, elite player, but the knock on him has always been that he takes a little while to get going. He doesn't really start to get into his groove until November or so. So being able to see Sebastian Aho kind of take it and run with it in October, start the season off strong, then takes all the pressure off the rest of the lineup. And this is probably the deepest Canes team we've had since the 06 Cup run. You've got four legitimate NHL lines. You've got a third line that can hang with the best of anybody. And there's really good players who are waiting for their chance to play. So you got Brendan Smith who's got 300, 400 games in the NHL. He's a healthy scratch on defense. you got Seth Jarvis, who was lighting it up in the preseason. He's a healthy scratch. So being able to see that depth bodes well for when the inevitable injuries happen and then you to pick up the lineup, you got NHL-ready players ready to go.
4: Wade Minner, PA announcer at PNC Arena for the Carolina Hurricanes, joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Wade, uh, and you've done this for a while now, do, do the crowds tend to get bigger as the season rolls along, maybe even as the calendar flips and we get closer and closer to postseason? Or, you know, is there any trend at all there? How have the crowds been so far this year? And, and what's the the normal crowd trend like for a hurricane season?
7: Yeah, the uh, opening night was a sellout, and we had a good 15,000 there for Monday night against Toronto. Uh, generally what you see is as the and people know that they're going to come out to PNC Arena, see some good hockey, hopefully see a Canes win. You get more and more people coming out. Um, I think we'll see that trend, especially as COVID cases start dropping and people are more comfortable being out in large crowds. But the crowds the last two nights have been great. Uh, Toronto's coach, Sheldon Keefe, made mention of the fact that his team had not come to a place like Carolina and had to deal with that level of noise and that type of crowd, which I think – you know, for a 15,000-person crowd to be able to impress Toronto like that, I think you're doing something
4: right. Yeah, saw that quote. That uh, that says a lot and had to uh, make the Caniacs feel good and the the Canes themselves, the teams themselves. Uh, Wade, you mentioned the the Top Guns and uh, Svechnikov and Aho. Have there been any, and, and you mentioned the goaltending as well, any pleasant surprises? Any uh, Any newcomers or even returners stood out to you so far this season?
7: Ethan Bear on defense has been outstanding. He hasn't really gotten goals, but that's not his job. He's there playing with Jacob Slavin. They've complemented each other really well. He's been a really good addition. You know, they had to get rid of Warren Fogle to get him, and you got to give up talent to get talent, but I think we came out ahead on that trade because Ethan Bears just slid right in and made an already strong defense even stronger. Another really pleasant surprise is Jesper Foss playing on that third line with Jordan Stahl, really more of a kind of shutdown checking line. But he's got two or three goals on the season. He's a couple away from his entire season total from last year. If you can get a scoring threat like that going on the third line, then teams have to respect. That's going to make every other line's job easier. So it's great to see him have such a fast start to the season.
4: Wade, the uh, division's back the way they were before uh, pre-COVID and – I mean, it's a, it's good to, to get away from, you know, the Panthers and Lightning. Also just good to not play the same team over and over and over again. So are you enjoying seeing some different teams on the hurricane schedule this year?
7: Absolutely. It was uh, an interesting experiment to play the same seven teams the entirety of the season, but I was kind of done with that. And the Metro division, once again, is showing that it's the strongest division in the league, I believe, as of a couple days ago. Every team in the Metro was 500 or better, so it's the Garrison-Keeler-Lake-Wobegon uh, division where all teams are above average, and the Canes are going to have to fight for it. So you know, if they can get through this Metro division with one of the top spots, I think they'll be well set up for a deep playoff run because they'll have already been playing really good teams the entirety of the season.
8: And,
4: Wade, that stat is uh, true today. How about that? Every team in this uh, division... Is over five hundred right now. So uh, you look at the top with the Canes. You got the Caps, Rangers. Uh, who who are the uh, who are the teams to watch? You think at the end of this thing in the Metro? Uh,
7: the Islanders are looking real good. They're you know not quite tearing it up the way I think they thought they would at the start of the season. But Barry Trotz has got that team playing his system really well. Uh, you always have to respect the Washington Capitals. Alex Ovechkin's continuing to score goals at, you know, seven hundred years old or whatever he is. And <laughs> they've got a lot of talent as well. So I think, you know, you'll probably see a three team race for the top between the Cass Isles and the Canes, and you know, whoever comes out of that with a with a high seed's gonna have a really good shot at making a deep playoff run.
4: On the uh, western side of things, Wade, we saw the success that the Vegas Golden Knights were able to have right out of the gate. Is that uh, and the Kraken right now have two wins to so their four losses, one overtime loss. Do they are, are the Kraken in a similar spot where maybe they could make some noise early on or, or are they going to take a while to to put things together there?
7: Yeah, I don't think we're going to see another Vegas out of them. Uh, Vegas did a really good job of both claiming good players in the expansion draft as well as getting teams to make side deals with them to give them even more good players. I think you saw from the lack of side deals during the Kraken's expansion draft, GMs have kind of gotten wise to that. They know they're going to lose a good player, but they don't want to trade away two or three good players um, to a team that are just going to stockpile them. I think you're going to see the Seattle Kraken look more like a typical expansion team. You know, if they get to 500, I think that'll be a surprise for me. And, you know, Ron Francis has his work cut out for him because he didn't manage to finagle a bunch of good players on the cheap from teams. They got wise to that idea, so now Seattle's going to have to build the old-fashioned way through the draft and probably take a few years to get up to where Vegas was that first year.
4: Wade Men are joining us. You can hear his voice if you're at the game on Thursday night, as the Carolina Hurricanes will try to remain perfect when they take on the Bruins. Wade, uh, what do you what do we need to know about uh, Boston coming to town on Thursday night?
7: Boston's still a tough team. They got a lot of talent. The, of the three games coming up this weekend, that's going to be the tough one. You know, you've got a very you got struggling Chicago Blackhawks team, you've got a, you know, very struggling Arizona Coyotes team. Both of those should be uh, games where the Canes are looking to win. This Boston game is going to be a little bit more of a toss-up. It should be a battle. They've still got, you know, Pasta, they've still got Brad Marchand. That's a team loaded with talent, and I think they have a chance of making a run in the Atlantic Division.
4: Wade, good stuff. Uh, you're not a one-trick pony. You're not just a, a PA announcer. You, you also play some hockey yourself and do a little comedy. So I always ask you, Wade, what's going on on the comedy front uh, as we talk to you today?
7: Comedy Works is back in person in Raleigh on Hillsborough Street, and we'll, uh, we're doing shows every Friday and Saturday night. I've got a couple shows coming up in November on Friday nights, and if anyone's in town and wants to have a laugh on me, come swing by
4: awesome uh wade always enjoyed the chat with you man uh, have, uh get those pipes ready for thursday night hopefully a lot of goals uh in pnc arena and we'll talk to you again down the road man thanks let should be a fun season yes sir there is wade minner joining us on the fixed nc live line and he knows his stuff i am still i'm a canes fan i'm a Kaniac, but a a fringe hockey fan where i don't know the ins and outs uh, like a lot of folks do. But I, I follow it, and I'd love to follow a winner. So I'm all over this Canes team right now, off to a 5-0 start. Got the Bruins coming to PNC Arena on Thursday night. Let's take a time out. Come back. We'll wrap up hour number two on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you
0: after this. You're listening to hour two of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio. Perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock on Wednesday night. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock.
4: All right, back with you on the program. We talked to Jeff Charles, uh, hour one. Jeff uh, has some, th- some phrases he says a lot that I like. And one of those, when we're talking about a guy, he says, Well, Clip, he's a lifer brian snicker is a braves lifer okay he has been with the braves organization for 45 years
1: good lord
4: 19 as a minor league manager 11 as an mlb coach six as a major league baseball manager for the braves five as a minor league coach four as a minor league player and i believe isn't the story that He was basically hired he was hired I believe by Hank Aaron I think was the uh, the story there so 45 years um, with Atlanta and again another cool neat story about the Snitker family they showed his wife last night in the stands there at Minute Maid because Snitker's son Trey is coaching with the Astros so uh, it is a Snitker family reunion uh, there in Atlanta for the World Series Game 2 coming up tonight. We'll be watching it out at AJ McMurphy's. We'll have a TV uh, somewhere in there for Chandler and myself so we can watch the Hornets take on the Magic. Hornets lost their first game of the season earlier this week, Chandler, so the undefeated dream season is dead. Yeah. But... Still a lot to play for as they take on uh, the Magic tonight.
5: Absolutely. A hard-fought uh, – go ahead, Clip. I'm sorry.
4: I would say the 81-1 and one still alive. Yes, absolutely.
5: Charlotte. Yeah, and uh, the Hornets uh, with a hard-fought loss the other night against the Celtics. They went into overtime, and they didn't have P.J. Washington. They didn't have Terry Rozier, and – I'll have to look it up and see what their status is for tonight against Orlando. Kind of
4: weird uh, seeing them such big favorites on the road. They are five point favorites. Five point favorites. And the five was minus 115. And the uh, if you bet on the Magic, it was uh, like minus 105. Basically saying that the line is about to move up to five and a half, six yep. perhaps. So. Uh, but that's uh, where they, I mean they are one of the most fun teams in the NBA. Yep. I don't know if they're one of the best. I don't think they are, but no. uh, certainly one of the most fun.
5: Definitely one of the most fun, especially with your your star Lamelo Ball and you got a high flyer in Mikael or Mikel Bridges, uh, Miles Bridges, who uh, is not afraid to throw it down. Unfortunately, Jalen Be- uh, Jalen Brown for the Celtics mm. gave Miles Bridges a little taste of his own medicine on monday night but uh hornets looking to bounce back against the magic in orlando tonight i don't like that the hornets went uh they started their season at home then they went on the road to cleveland then to brooklyn they won those games and then came back and played the celtics and now they're back on the road in orlando tonight and uh i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna take the hornets tonight yes
4: you are we have to we do it every game i've already done it you got to join me okay remember last time we were having these feelings they won on opening night. Yes. Against the Pacers. I mean it was opening night and I
5: said clip rock, we got to ride with the Hornets. It's uh it's a no brainer.
4: And then they got down by twenty four. And I was like, Chandler, this is why <laughs> you don't ride with the Hornets. <laughs> then they came back and won.
5: A twenty eight to two run for the Hornets, and then we were like, We're in it to win it. We're back, baby. The Hornets are back. The bugs are back <laughs> and the hive is rocking.
4: Fun start of the season. Great start of the season for uh both the Hornets and the Hurricanes this year.
5: Yeah, and then I also Um, Great atmosphere at the Hive Monday night. There was a lot of Celtics fans. Celtics fans are known to travel well, and I feel like there's a lot of Celtics fans in the state of North Carolina.
4: Which, by the way, I was just thinking about that. I should have said something to Wade about it, but isn't, for the Canes fans listening that go to a lot of games, isn't Boston one of those where you see a whole lot of Bruins fans at PNC? I feel like that's one of those games where there's going to be a ton of opposing fans, just like we saw Celtics fans uh, the other night at Spectrum Center.
5: Yeah, and uh, they were loud, but I feel like, of course, the home the home crowd was a lot louder. Uh, but it was great to see the Hive rocking again uh, on Monday night. I hate that the Hornets couldn't pull it out. I kind of had a bad feeling when we went into overtime that we weren't going to be able to keep up with them. We did take a early overtime lead, but then they kind of went on a run there. And they ended up getting the win, I believe, a double-digit win. Uh, But Hornets fought hard.
4: Uh, Nets heat tonight. That'll be a pretty good one as uh, that game in Brooklyn. Let's see. Anything else?
5: Lakers taking on the OKC Thunder. They are probably one of the worst teams in the NBA. The Thunder are a very young, inexperienced team. They do have SGA, uh, Gilgis, or I can't say his last name, Gilgis Alexander, that's a promising young star. Uh the Lakers are a four and a half favorite in that game. And I'm like
4: Lock of the Night. And I'm or... like, what's
5: going on? LeBron is out. He didn't play last night against the Spurs. They did get a win against San Antonio last night. And then Anthony Davis uh injured his knee last night. It looked like it could have been a lot more serious. It, the way he kind of sat on the ground for a long time holding his knee he was able to get back up and and continue playing for the lakers he is a game time decision tonight for the lakers so i think that's why and the line so they're, coming off of back to back. they're coming off a of back-to-back they're coming off a back-to-back yeah uh but so is um okay see they played last night they played uh steph and the warriors so um i don't know i've i've got i've got lakers minus four and a half i think they can take care of uh of okay, see the night. They still have, you know, a lot of people forget. They have Russell Westbrook, who's kind of started off slow for them this year. Uh, they also have Mello, who has been lighting it up from uh, downtown and making some plays, the uh, the aged veteran for the Lakers. So um, I think that's a interesting one to see if the Lakers, because the Lakers have been very bad they they've had chemistry issues already i don't know if anybody Anthony davis and uh
4: dwight howard AD going at and
5: dwight howard going at it on the bench um and they they squeaked by i can't remember who they squeaked by earlier this week um it was a team that they should have oh yeah out.
4: yeah yeah and they um they won oh the it was end. memphis
5: was it memphis
4: maybe i know what you're talking about but then you know i'll tell you who has not got off to a good start this year and that's uh, my guy Dame and the Blazers. They're 1-2. and two, uh, Lillard only averaging 17 points a game. Is tonight the night? Is it Dame time tonight, the night he finally goes off? Uh, they play the Grizzlies in the Moda Center. Hmm. So I might take uh, Might – you've been asking me, have I been going with Dame props? I think tonight might be the night.
5: I don't know if they've – they might have come out already, but I looked earlier. They had not come out yet, so – uh, it's it's got to be Dame time sometime, and tonight might, could be the night.
4: I think it could be that time. Get out your
5: watch. It's Dame time. Let's
4: <laughs> we'll take a time out. Hour three on tap. Our Bud Light ECU report is on the way. We'll hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick, also Pirate Defensive Coordinator Blake Harrell, and Mike Mullis said to join us in hour three as well. We'll make you a winner. Coming up, our final hour of today's show. It's all ahead on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you on a Wednesday after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates. And proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting. Signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more is Signs and Tint. Be sure to stop by their office at 801 Staten Road in Greenville, or you can book an appointment online at signsandtent.com. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Rock.
4: All right, good job on the uh, pronunciation that time, Shirley.
1: Thank you. I messed that up yesterday.
4: Wow, what would you say?
9: What did you say?
1: Nothing. <laughs> did you leave out
4: a letter? <laughs> I did.
1: Inadvertently. <laughs>
4: Starting to sound a little <laughs> Naughty, bit like Gary and Gastonia. Uh, using those words. Yeah. Signs and teat next time. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's what happens when you read too fast every once in a while. You just kind of leave off a letter and, well.
5: Kind of like you did with UMass.
4: <laughs> that time doing uh, I will doing never play. live
1: that down. I will never live that down.
4: You ass! I remember, um... Uh, and Howard, now for your
1: starting lineups for UMass. the M uh, UMass? I don't know. I was looking right at it.
4: Sorry. I remember on, uh, Howard Stern show. I don't know if this was a real place or if it was a joke ad, but I remember they ran it and it was like, it, the place was called Sofa King, like where uh, you get your, your sofas. Uh and they you know just kept saying like our prices are sofa (laughs) see it's hard to even say (laughs) yeah (laughs) sofa king great right but then but but (laughs) the faster you say it (laughs) oh wow
1: you gotta be careful with that one. (laughs) i know it is
4: tough to even say slowly um but i just remember did you see
5: where this um you know speaking of sofas and, and furniture uh, the guy the mattress guy in uh in, in Texas in Houston has a chance to win a 35 million dollar buyout if if the
1: oh, if Astros Oh, the Astros win, win the World Series. It's 39 million. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. is this the guy that always pu- does is
4: this he, the he mattress pu- guy or whatever? Mattress guy, he's yeah. been
5: around,
1: he's like a legend
5: in yeah. in Houston. Uh yeah, apparently he has a chance to make bank. Yeah,
1: something like he placed a bet and if the Astros take the world series he walks away with 39 million
4: good for him Uh i got bad news for him oh what's that braves they coming for you sucker that team on the other side i was so glad
5: to get your reaction to the uh final out the other night i did not
4: know you were doing that yeah i know in fact uh my lawyers are going to contact you about filming me without my permission oh okay (laughs) tell him i said bring it on all right well, i was just i was sitting done. there and i was
5: like i gotta get this i was like one out away y'all were up what two or three runs i was like this is, i gotta get the reaction and
4: just such a weird moment in time where we're watching the pirates play in a game where we should have already been home after the Agreed. fifth quarter yep and that's going on and the braves are going on and just a lot of a lot of emotions a lot of things happening so uh that was awesome and last night was awesome too. I still it still feels weird to me winning my teams. That was awesome. <laughs> starting to sound like Brett Kennedy, yeah, over here. It was awesome. And then that was awesome. It was awesome. And then that was awesome. All right, let's hope the Pirates are awesome on Thursday night. We'll be with you three thirty on the Bud Light pregame tailgate on Thursday. Before that, you can hear Jeff Charles on at noon on the UBE Pirate Preview, getting you ready. For the action. uh Let's hear one more from Donnie Kirkpatrick. shirl sure, we ran, I think, parts one through three yesterday. We got one more as Donnie Kirkpatrick answered questions on Monday. And here you go. Moving
10: to USF on Thursday, um, you had good success against them last year in Tampa. What do you
11: remember about that game? And what can, how do you translate some of that? Well, what I remember is we were coming off what I would say. I don't give how many years now because it's too many years for me, one of the worst games ever that I'd been part of as a player or a coach down at Georgia State. That was a bad day. I know it was a day we rallied. We rallied because of some other things, you know, and they helped us a little bit in the end in special teams. So I remember we came off a really, really devastating loss, and we played to that point the best we played, and, and still really pretty good, I think, overall for the whole year. So. My memory, because I like to be positive, is I'm thinking we were coming off, boy, it was a devastating time in that locker room after the game. Now, there was some heartbreak in there. And sometimes you're like, I don't know if I can go on or not. You know what I'm saying? Uh, We came back and played really well. So these kids are are, are like that. They are competitive. I don't know that I said that two years ago. They're competitive. They want to do well. And we had, I think, I don't think, I know, that was the best practice we've had since the season started tonight. And I don't know if it was the night. I don't know if it's Halloween. You know, I don't know what it is. But they were juiced up. They had a great attitude about it. And we practiced really, really well. Normally, that means you're going to play well. We practiced pretty good last week, too, though. And in some ways, I guess we did play well because we took a really good football team into overtime. We just got to play better.
6: Now that Fernando's the number two center on the deck, I know he's starting guard, but has he gotten to work any at center?
11: Yeah, we have to rotate him uh, right now. Plus, we've had some... Some sickness. Uh, Sean Bailey's been sick this week, and you know Isaiah Foot was a little sick today. They they both kind of went. They just couldn't go as much. So Coach Waters just really really had to play the shell game out there. They're all having to move around. You know Nashad's having to play guard. He's having to play tackle. So uh, it's a little bit like the NFL. You got about eight or nine guys, and they just got all play all the positions. So you know he gets snaps before the practice. Gets a little bit afterwards. Plays guard during practice. Has to play center. So. He's, he's, he's doing good. He's, he's a really leader for the team right now, and uh, I'm sure glad we got him because you got to have somebody can do that when, when this happens.
12: Oh. Coach, you talked about the two-minute drills yep. and working on that. You had two chances at the end of the game. Coach said he didn't want to risk it. Yeah. Is, is that kind of
11: where- Yeah, I think the one was a legit minute something, 37. That's a legit two-minute deal. The next time they keep, the, they keep clock alive because they tried to go win it, and uh, you know we're kind of backed up—not real backed up—but we didn't have great field position. If we would have, we threw kind of a safe pass try to see if we could get going. Uh, when he got to third down, he said, "I think we should probably run it right here." At that point, let's don't lose the game. Let's take the overtime if we can. So we—they they had one timeout left. They used it. We were able to get down to 37 seconds, but we, we got a good punter. He was able to really hit a good punt. So I think we probably just calculated what's the chances we're going to make it on third down here. Let's don't force one. Let's don't throw a pick six. Don't give them field position. We played too good. I think even though we had had two drives in a row we hadn't scored, we had won the second half. You know what I'm saying? It was 24-10 at half. Now it's 24-24. to 24. So we'd won the second half. So I think we still felt like we had the momentum. I think we felt like our players would take the field. And overtime, thinking, all right, we've put the pressure on them. I, I know that's what I was feeling. I know it didn't work out that way, but that's what we were feeling. So it, that's calculated decision by him. I think it was the right one.
4: There is Donnie Kirkpatrick as part of our Bud Light ECU report. Let's hear some from the defensive side of the ball as Blake Harrell, man, his group was playing with their proverbial hair on fire Saturday night at Houston, looked awesome, gave up the score in overtime after holding Houston down for an entire half of football. Uh, but you got to give those guys a lot of credit. They have played some winning football and uh, and kept ECU in games where their offense was floundering. Let's hear what Blake Harrell had to say about that and also looking ahead to South Florida.
13: You know, at the end of the day, there's like only one thing that matters, right, and that, that's winning the ball game. It doesn't matter. Um, play well here, play well there. At the end of the day, you got to find a way to win. And if if you're not doing that, you, you got to keep going back and studying and, and improving and working your tail off to get that done. And it's got to have urgency and purpose and intent. It's got to increase every single day to get better. And where where can we find ways to win the ball game? And, and uh, last two ball games, there's been there's been places we can we can get better and we can find find ways to help our team win. Um, you know, so that's the final stat that matters. And uh, we got to keep keep trucking along and get it done this Thursday uh, against USF and. You know in a short week you're you're excited because you get right back at it you don't have time to lick your wounds feel sorry for yourself and, and and pout about last saturday night i mean you gotta you gotta get turned around you gotta get going and you gotta get all focused on south florida so that's that's been um you know pretty good for you know me <laughs> maybe small more so than our kids but uh, especially me um and i'm excited playing dowdy fickle on a thursday night you know i've never done that um the kids have our guys have done it. They're excited about it. They're excited to to feel that energy, feel that juice in there, feel our uh, boneyard, and, and see those you know see our fans in there and just celebrate with those fans and and go take it to USF and that's what we're going to try to do and and keep playing you know to that level and even better and see if we can step it up even another notch. So that's that's our goal and that's where we're at right now.
10: You guys played a really solid game defensively. The, the main thing that went wrong was just the one play in the overtime. Take us through that a little bit and and what. Were
13: you fooled a little bit on that, or was it just a misfit, or- No, I mean, you said we, there's also 20 of, 24 other points in there. but um, Yeah, the one playing overtime, that we brought we brought boundary pressure. And it's been a really good boundary pressure for us, and I'd call it 100% of the time again. Uh, we just overstepped a the gap there in, inside. And, you know, a guy that's maybe played the best game of, of his season, and, and probably, you know, if we win that ball game, he's probably player of the week. You know, he, he really is. He's probably defense player of the week in the conference. And just oversteps a little bit, loses a little integrity, and their 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 big gigantic old lineman swallowed him up a little bit, and, and gets out on us. Then we do a poor job tackling on, on about the nine yard line there, and uh, you know you'd love to have that one back. You know that's and that's what we tell our guys, like hey, you want to be better? Look at this. Is this the play you want to go down with? Could you give extra effort here? Could we play this better, and those are the things we're talking about improving. But you know you can't. Uh, you know unfortunately the last two weeks. It's came down to one play here or there, um, but it's really a, a series of plays. I think we talked about that at UCF, just, hey, throughout the ball game, what can we do to get better and, and make plays here and there so it's not a one-play come four-quarter time. So.
14: When you look at South Florida, I mean, they had a heck of a, a rushing day against Temple, and it seems like ever since they put that quarterback in, the young guy, they kind of stepped up as a team. What do you, what do you see
13: from them? They're very, I see they're very, very talented in the backfield. I mean, they may not have just, just one – all-star guy back there, but they got a whole crew, a whole stable uh, of just really good players. Zero Mangum from the transfer from Colorado is a, you know, a big-time tailback, 220 something pounds, and then they got a couple other guys, 21 and three that can carry carry the rock and get downhill on you too. And um, you know, the quarterback adds a whole other dimension to it. So now, he, not only you got to worry about tailbacks, and they may have a tailback play going here, and then a quarterback counter play going here. So you got you know, two different plays. You got to make sure you're responsible for both. It makes it very eye discipline and what you're doing makes you, uh, fundamentally just, hey, you know, we can't play and sync and play for the pass game. We got to make sure we're up there in the box and ready to play for the run game and stack it a little bit. So that, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, they, they've done a really nice job with that quarterback. He, he's a freshman, uh, but you wouldn't know that. I mean, he's, he's got a strong, our kids are asking us today, how's he throw it? Because we've been watching so much run game. And I said, well, let's, let's watch a clip. And, they were pretty impressed. You know, our, the linebacker's word I said, he can sling it. He's got a strong arm. He gets rid of it quick. Um, but, he, you know, everybody thinks he's a, a runner, does a really good job his feet. He does, but he can still throw it, too. So you got, you got to work cut out for us. I think the O-line um, may be the most impressive part of their team compared to a year ago. They're doing a really nice job up front, just in run game, pass game, picking up pressures. Um, and, and so that we got to work cut out. And I told our guys, like, as a group, they're not as big as what we've played the last several games, but as a group, they're probably more, more fundamental, more sound in the run game than, than what we've seen.
10: This unit of yours, the light bulb team, click on last Saturday. I know they're getting better and better every week, it seems like, but they really could see you dial it up with a lot of tackles for losses and a lot of sacks and a lot of blitzing. and It just looked different.
13: Yeah, the opportunity just created itself a few times, and the guys did a really nice job. I think, uh, you know, he's talking about 13 tackles for a loss, five sacks, 80 uh, something rushing yards, maybe about 170 pass, and maybe about 250, uh, which is all really good. And our, and our guys are freaking playing their tails off. And, and but we got to keep doing it so we can get that one stat that matters, the W. Uh, but just really, really proud of those guys attacking, you know, attacking downhill the way they're tackling. Um, you know, like they had that last play back that we talked about, but I'm um, just really proud of the way they're, they're playing the game right now, playing some confidence, and we got to continue to carry that over forward, move forward, and, and improve on it. So that's, that's what we want to try to do and get done against South Florida.
6: Well, that third down stop right before they kicked what was their third field goal attempt, their second miss, it looked like they had a quick audible or a check with me, and then you guys countered it immediately. Could you
13: yeah. walk us through that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, they did that a couple times throughout the game. Um, their tendency i think third and three third and four plus they're about a hundred percent pass is what they've been over the last four or five ball games um and just that's that's who they were and who they've been and, and then early in the game you seen like hey we got some of those excited looks i think maybe one of the first third downs we had them backed up in the second quarter um and, and we showed a little two man and, and they come out and run the football and we get on the ground get it stopped but that's where you knew hey they're gonna vary vary from their game plan a little bit and you can see them checking when they have a certain looks, So we tried to check in certain looks just to get a little better run call because um, we had some pass rush stunts on, pass rush pressures, and just want to get in a, a little bit of a run sound call. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you know, it's third and ten, third and nine, third and eight. The goal of third down is really just to get them stopped before before they get across, you know, and get them in a fourth down situation where they have to punt and get rid of it. Um, and our and guys did a pretty good job of that of the other night. So that that was kind of, you know, Hey, they check. Look, we talked about it on the sideline. Make sure we get a quick check-in. And, and for the most part, we got the, was able to do that. So, that's credit to our guys, just being an older defense, second year of a defense, and, you know, just some experienced guys out there running the show. So, it's it's nice to see.
14: It's been a while since an ECU defense has maybe had more players than can be on the field at one time, like a Tee and Wilk trying to maybe find a way on the field, or, or some of these other guys. Like, what are those conversations like trying to get them on the field, but also they got good players in front of them, too?
13: Yeah, and, and you know what? Each individual on our defense brings something to, to our unit, brings something to our team. And we've been saying this for ever since I got here. It's going to take all of us. It takes all of us to get this job done. And, and it's really, if you think about it, it's not just our defensive room. It's our team. It's our program. It's our fans. It's everybody that's in dowdy ficklin on Thursday night to get that W. It's going to take everybody. Uh, and each individual is bought into that within our defensive. And whether it's Tegan Wilt, Aaron Remsler, Gerard Stringer, they all know that Hey, when I'm on the field, I'm going to give it all I got for ECU. I'm going to turn it loose because if I give all I got and then the next guy comes in, he's got, you know, bang. We can always be fresh, and it's really paid off down the stretch. I mean, Tegan Wilt, you know, we're really in a four-minute situation down by seven there in the fourth quarter, and he's a run-stopping. That's what he does, and he the ball out and shows up and does it again. So Red so Ware and Elijah Morris hustling their tails over there to recover it. And that's just a credit to to those guys and them believing and, and playing their tails off to to try to get that win. So just really proud of them and and what they mean is it's not you know me me me. It's all about our team and our program and our and and what we're trying to do as a unit.
4: Looking forward to seeing the pirate defense under the lights, Daddy Ficklin Stadium in the black uniforms, looking tough, looking mean, looking physical. Coming up on Thursday Pete. night, man. Physical. Good fl- flying around against, against that South Florida offense. Uh, missed hearing from our, our guys in the Players Lounge on Monday, but Bruce Bivens did catch up with the local media on Monday, so let's hear from Bruce. He was playing in front of uh, a lot of friends and family there in Houston. Actually went down um, with an injury in that game, but uh, you know, back ready to go for South Florida, hopefully, and he uh, talked to members of the media on Monday. Bruce
14: Pretty quick uh, turnaround here, man. How, how are you guys handling uh, the, the quick turnaround in South Florida?
9: Um, we just adapting like we do with you know any circumstances that we have. You know, we just got to get ready to go play football.
8: Mentally, do you want to get back out there and play after after the uh, Houston
9: game? Of course, we got to get that bitter taste out of our mouth. Um, shoot, we always ready to play football, so we got to definitely get that bitter taste out of our mouth. Mm-hmm. How much do
8: guys get up for the Thursday night games? Say that again. How much do guys get up for a Thursday night game when you guys get to be kind of the showcase game across the country?
9: Um, we're ready to take on the challenge. We're, we're really excited, you know, to display what we, you know, have to show to everyone. You guys look really aggressive
10: on Saturday. Uh, this is much blitzing as I've seen in a long time in Greenville where we're on the road this time around. But uh, talk about the improvement of the defense and, and uh, the ability
9: to pressure. Um, we come to work every day, you know, um, I mean, we just work on those things in practice, and you know, we just go display it. You know, we do what the coach tell us to do, and we just you know work our work the scheme.
0: Defense has gotten so much better. What do you think is is the big difference? Just your
9: opinion. Um, our locker room has got a lot tighter. And, you know, we we don't want to let each other down, and we just want, we want to win. So, I mean, that's obviously obviously the 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 big goal right there.
14: What concerns you most about South Florida? I mean, they seem to really run the ball well with the last game.
9: Um, they have good players. We have good players. Um, nothing really concerns me personally, and I'm pretty sure our team as well. You know, we we got a good team too. So nothing.
14: When when you look at the balance of trying to like heal your body after a game like that versus also trying to get ready, how, how do you kind of find that balance? Because you got to practice well, obviously, to play well too.
9: Um, you know, Coach Houston, he's, he's doing a great job. You know, with you know. You know, he he, Coach Houston is taking care of that for us. And we're gonna, we're just gonna, you know, go to practice and get ready to play play the football again.
10: What you guys do during the break? He had like a four hour break or however long it was during the rain delay. Um, talk about how that process went and what they give you to eat and that sort of stuff to kind of keep you going. You have to eat a whole another meal.
9: Uh, yeah, of course. You know, you know, um, obviously we ate it. We ate pretty early. You know, they gave us something to eat you know, during that during that delay, and we just sat around, you know, just vibed with each other and just enjoyed each other while we had that, that time down. And when it was time to play, we just got ready to play. You guys
10: came out with an amazing energy level, though, after all of that, which was as surprising as anything, the level of energy that you guys brought, especially on defense. Um, Talk about that a little
9: bit. I mean the goal stayed the same, you know, just because some circumstances changed don't mean our goal changed to want to win. So we just came out there ready to play.
12: How did you feel the guys how did you feel the guys handled that? The coach said you guys just kinda of watch film, stayed focused, yeah. in the
9: moment. Yeah, we just stayed in the moment, you know, vibed out with each other and we was just ready to play. I mean, we were so anxious, we just you know, walking around and stuff, pacing back and forth. We was ready to play football.
12: We got to shut them out in the second half. Turnovers continued. You know, positives to take away from
9: that game. Yeah, I mean, we do have some positive. Obviously, we got some things we could work on too. But you know, we was ready to play.
10: This isn't your first go round against USF. Uh, what are you kind of expecting from them offensively? A little bit that you can remember about them, if anything.
9: I mean, they they're gonna they're gonna play hard and they're gonna try to come in here and get a dub. And yeah, it's our goal to stop that.
12: What uh, What problems does a running, passing quarterback pose? You've seen a couple this year now.
9: Um, I mean the problems is I mean, he can run and he can throw. I mean we played a quarterback like that against Charleston Southern, so I mean we just got to bring our hard hit and get ready to adapt to that. Are
3: you excited to be back in front
9: of a home crowd? Yeah, it's always it's always excited to be back and in front of our home crowd because you know it's real electrifying and the atmosphere is just crazy. All right,
4: Bruce Bivens ready to go in front of the home crowd on Thursday night. Let's hear uh, from one of his running mates on the defensive side of the ball, Gerard Stringer, who stood out in 2019, and then Jaira Wilson kind of stepped up in his absence in 2020. And now we're seeing both Jaira and Gerard flying around. Let's hear from Stringer Bell, Gerard Stringer, as he met with the media on Monday.
14: Gerard, you guys coming off a really good defensive performance, and really two straight in a, in a row. How much confidence are you guys playing with right now?
8: Playing with a lot of confidence. Um, we practice hard every day. Uh, we practice to get to get better, fast, physical, aggressive, man. We, we practice and we do that in the game. How tough is it to play on this short of a week, coming back from Houston and dealing with the delay there and, and everything that came with that game? Very tough. Uh, we just got to have mental toughness every game, and that's what our focus this week. And when we was in the locker room, that was our main focus, and watching film and just focusing on that. This defense seems to be getting better every
10: week, but the light switch seemed to turn on Saturday night uh, for whatever reason. Um, what's cooking with this defense? All of a sudden, you're in the backfield, you know, like 15 tackles for a loss. How many are there for one? five or six sacks? Uh,
8: what's cooking? Playing with our hair on fire—that's um, the—that's the goal every week. Uh, Coach Houston, he always tells us to play with passion, play aggressive, and just like I said, play with our hair on fire.
14: For you coming back from the Achilles, you know, missing all of last year, how tough was that rehab? And then, what has this process been like, kind of getting back on the field, getting back in the mix?
8: It was very tough. Um, rehabbing like three times a day, uh, trying to get my uh, my Achilles right. It was just very tough and. Had to get through it. I had to, my mental toughness had to kick in, and I had to do what I had to do. Do you feel like
10: you're over that now, pretty much, um, in terms of the injury?
8: Yeah, I still have, I still have injury. I, st- I still feel a little bit, but I still work through it, cause there's nothing I can do. Just keep keep rehabbing every day. Um, the trainers they're good with me, so I get in, stretch. Do what I need to do and get up. Good.
14: They say it's a pretty brutal injury to have. So like when you when it happened, I think you were away from campus, like doing a workout on your own. Kind of walk us through that, and then how tough was that rehab process?
8: Yeah. So I was I was in Georgia um, visiting my my girlfriend's dad, and um, I was working with a trainer, and we stretched. We did everything right. We worked. We we warmed up. And I just came out of my back pedal, and then it felt like somebody kicked me. So I didn't—I didn't know it was torn. I thought it was just a little sprain. Uh, but we put ice on it. He—he he told me that it's probably torn, and then we went through from there. Mm-hmm.
10: You got a short week coming up. Uh, what kind of performance are, are you kind of expecting on Thursday against uh, against you know a
8: really good USF team? Uh, do what you do. We, uh, we just want to focus on, like, on us. Um, that's all we can do. Um, we're gonna we're gonna prepare really hard. We're gonna be focused, laser focused this week, and we're gonna we're gonna study film every day, and we're gonna get the job
10: done. Are you guys getting rested up, slowly but surely? Here, are you are you, are you starting to recharge a little bit?
8: Yes, food um, rest was the key for this week. Uh, coming back from the long night that we had, so. We got a lot of rest tonight, last night, and we're going to get some rest today, so. Have
10: you ever been through anything like you went through Saturday, as far as the lightning
0: delay and the, and the no, that was
8: That was the first time. That was the first time we ever had to uh, wait that long to, well, I had to wait that long to uh, play in the game, so it was pretty tough, but we we got through it.
2: How excited are you to come back home into Dowdy fickling Stadium and be back in front of your fans?
8: Pretty excited. Uh, I love the fans. I love the juice, I love getting the crowd hype and I love getting my teammates hype and it's, it's a fun experience.
14: Do you feel like the students section in particular, seems like there's going to be a lot around that Thursday night, can I help pick you guys up? Like on a short week, kind I add that extra energy?
8: Yes, they, they help a lot. Um, they always come up to us and tell us what, what a great job we've doing. so we always feed off the energy and that they help us tremendously.
12: I feel like you guys started really like lit- Lay in the wood around the like two lane game. Mm-hmm. Did something change in there where you guys just? I mean, I feel like you guys are hitting harder. I don't know if that's accurate, but we just
8: we we, we just playing with that chip on our shoulder. Uh, we feel like we got a lot to prove, and we gonna we gonna play aggressive every day. Coach Coach, he put he installed that in us, and that's what we're gonna do.
12: Do you think that? Do you, Do you feel that maybe scratched ratcheted up a notch?
8: i I do like every everybody is everybody's hitting j-mac getting hits uh malik getting hits like like, jamal everybody getting hits everybody getting hits and there's gonna
4: be some uh i think it was ever since uh parker bunch called in on the fifth quarter said uh need to get some pads popping
5: he'd be banging some pads
4: banging some pads well guess what parker they listen to you buddy and they are uh, banging some pads, and we'll be doing that coming up Thursday night when the Pirates take on South Florida. We still
5: have our offensive coordinator, though.
4: Yeah, they hadn't listened to you on that part <laughs> yet, Parker. So uh, we will uh, hear from the Pirate Nation <laughs> coming up after the game Thursday night. Redbeard says, if you were playing the Mark Lindsay drinking game after three clips, you would be blackout drunk. I'm <laughs> like...
1: You are correct, sir. he
4: threw in some uh, a little bit for sure some in great terms ones of focus in there. A little bit especially when he asked um yeah stringer, you know do you feel like you're over that talking about the injury in terms and he added in in terms of the injury
5: uh, 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 in terms of the injury a little bit for sure.
1: I can see it all over your face. It's he, written on your face. He
4: is a legend. He is truly an Eastern the North keys? Carolina legend. What are the keys to the game a little bit for sure if, if any. any. If any, yeah. If anything. <laughs> all right, let's get a break in uh let's open up the uh booty bag, surely, here on a Wednesday. Booty 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 everywhere.
1: Booty 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 booty
4: everywhere. Alrighty. What do you want to give away today?
1: Uh, Let's see, we're halfway through the week I'm pretty sure folks don't want to cook dinner Why don't we do pizza?
4: Who wants to cook dinner when you could have a nice, large, two-topping pizza from Domino's?
1: That's exactly right.
4: Alright, what color are we looking for? Color 10. 317-1250. Caller number
0: 10 is a winner. We'll be back with more Pirate Radio Live. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show
1: Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with Kinetic Physical Therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, then Kinetic Physical Therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has a nationally certified therapist for physical, occupational, speech, and massage therapy, all in a study-of-the-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit KineticPTGreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Brought.
4: All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. We will lob a phone call out to Mike Mullis, Packers fan. Speaking of the Packers, I made two, uh, I made a move in each of my fantasy leagues involving the same player. I just picked up Randall Cobb, and I believe I'm going to insert him into my starting lineup for this week because Devontae Adams is on the COVID-19 list for the Packers, as is receiver Alan Lazard, who has now uh, joined Adams on the uh, COVID-19 list. He's one of those lizard people. Lizard. So Marquez Valdez-Scantling is on injured reserve right now. He's been out the last four games with a hamstring injury. You know where he went to school? Uh, South Florida. Bingo. And? where'd he transfer from oh i don't know smart guy you want to ask me questions i got questions for you oh man i'm sorry i'll give you i, a,
5: had, I had confidence that you knew the answer
4: i'll give you a hint Notre dame oh <laughs> he went to nc state oh and then ended up ended his career at south florida right yeah do we have Molly, shirley no molly no molly all Mully. right he
1: did not answer the phone
4: call but, him first and we did we tried we
1: called him first yeah. and then i got his voicemail maybe
4: oh, he'll wow. call us back Call uh but back. yeah i'm gonna give randall cobb a go because they are down a ton of receivers thursday night football it's actually a great game chandler that we won't be watching you won't because you'll be live at daddy ficklin stadium yes sir for the pirates and the Bulls, the Bulls. When is the last time you were at a game with fans?
5: With fans, did you go to, to I went the to games t- last year. I went to Tulane last year. That was the only game I went to, and that was very, very strange. Uh, being in this like basically in a section by myself, I was given a ticket uh, to a uh, by a good friend of mine, and I went, and it was basically general seating. And I went to where I sat growing up as a kid, and I literally was by myself in that section. Uh, Last time I was at a game with a crowd, and there wasn't much of a crowd there, it was the last game of the 2019 season against Tulsa, Uh um, where I believe the Pirates were whooped. That was the last time I was at a game with fans in dowdy ficklin stadium so i'm very excited yeah uh for tomorrow uh after the pre-game show i will be heading over to Doughty ficklin stadium and i expect to be with a bunch of other pirate fans uh tomorrow night
4: i have not been to dowdy ficklin stadium since ec was scheduled to play north carolina a&t on a saturday and i was there
5: that was the uh cardboard box game
4: that was the rain box game I saw the um, intro, and then the announcement was made that there was lightning in the area. Everybody take cover. And then we had, like, the biggest monsoon ever. Yes. And the game got pushed to Sunday. I did not go on that Sunday, and I haven't been back since. So I need to get get out there soon.
5: I remember being a student, and there was a long line into the game, and I remember thinking, man— we waited too long. We're going to miss the intro, which we did. And then I was like, we're going to miss opening kickoff. And by the time we got into the game, there was nobody on the field. They they still had fans in the stands. And then the lightning uh, came. And then they made us leave. We're waiting. All of a sudden, I, I see on Twitter that the game was moved to the next day. And I'm like, guys, you're not going to believe this. This game is not happening tonight is going to happen i believe it was one o'clock maybe noon the next day yeah um i ended up going back the next day and it was very hot i remember it being so hot that next day uh and i sat there and watched the pirates lose the a&t and that was uh that's kind of when i realized how bad the program was in the dumps
4: and then You heard the opposing team's coach say, tell them to bring me my money. Tell them to bring me
3: my money.
5: Uh, Tell them
9: to bring me my money. Yeah! Yeah!
4: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of uh, thunder and lightning, surely... um, D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart? Not at all. I received uh, several texts from my mother on Saturday, most of which asking me, when is the game going to play? What channel is it going to be on? Is it going to be on the same channel? What do I do? and i don't mind that i'll you know tell her the answers uh bryce williams send me those same texts every week
5: what times the i
4: bet was he blowing up your phone on on saturday oh yeah he was oh, wow. uh, what's going on what are you hear and what time man this is a dang shame um hopefully uh bryce williams Five should be hours? back he'll be back with us next that's week that's
1: enough time to go get a little fishing in for i got to watch the game
4: golly i'm in a deer stand last time tonight i could have
5: went fishing 40 miles out and come back in and watch
1: the
3: game
4: but after the um uh, the text about the game my mom said one more thing if thunder and lightning have a good game again tonight can y'all play a snippet of imagine dragon song thunder and lightning and i just sent back stop (laughs) and she said why shirley could have it queued up it's only like five seconds do you want me to ask her mom got sassy and i just sent a uh i just sent a thumbs up emoji i figured that would be appropriate to maybe end that conversation
1: well, I will say that your mom does know how to get a hold of me if she needed to ask me a question. Well,
4: y'all would, uh, and my mom was a huge fan of the Bud Light pregame tailgate for all the years because she liked Shirley's music. Like she loved yeah. the uh, the music tie-ins, and uh, there's some things we can't do musically now due yeah, to YouTube and all that stuff. So, and I miss
1: it's, it. I miss it so
4: badly.
5: It's the uh, consequences of growing and expanding our brand to youtube and facebook that's right very sensitive
4: we did an entire show during the awful years uh where we did karaoke on the bud light pregame tailgate
1: yes we did and that was probably i would say one of the more entertaining because there was one where we did uh was a bohemian rhapsody yeah and it was me you glenn i want to say there might have been somebody else in the studio and we did the karaoke version of that song, the the part that everybody sings, uh, and it before, was it
4: was not great, but it was it fun. was not
1: great, but it it got a lot of feedback. Yes, on Facebook Live. So, uh,
4: if we were to do that today, it'd have to be acapella. Which it, just, it's not it, the same. Oh, we, we would
5: same. be put in jail if we tried that today.
4: <laughs> we would literally be behind bars.
5: Yeah, FBI would just like ransack this place.
4: Are you guys playing music? No, no sir. No, just singing. Oh, no sir. Uh, let's get a break in. We will come back have more for you on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We're back after these messages.
0: You're listening to Hour Three of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates, and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your Buck Scoreboard. Game two of the World Series between the Astros and the Braves is tonight. First pitch is scheduled for 809 p.m. at Minute Maid Park. A couple of uh, NBA games on the docket tonight. The Hornets are on the road at the Magic uh, for 7 o'clock tip-off. The Celtics host the Wizards at 7.30, and the Lakers take on the Thunder at 8 o'clock tonight. And that is a look at your Buccaneer scoreboard brought to you by the Buck, the place to be this weekend. For all the Halloween fun is the Buck. Come get bucked up in your best Halloween costume for the biggest Halloween extravaganza in Greenville. Saturday and Sunday, the Buck will be having a costume contest, live music, and a balloon drop at the end of each night with over $500 worth of cash and prizes. Come in your best costume this week to the Buck. The Buccaneer Music Hall is your beacon of music in the land of the pirates in eastern North Carolina and Halloween extravaganza Saturday and Sunday. Check them out on Instagram or Facebook for more information. Now, let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Brock.
4: Watch your language. My apologies uh, for what Shirley said a moment ago. I'm there. just
1: reading what people tell me to
4: read. Get bucked up. Yes. We Ed- gotta- Dubuck Buck. Man, busy night on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard tonight. Game 2, World Series, NBA, NHL. A lot going on, baby. Oh. You're a, you know what? You're a Nationals fan. I don't like you pretending to be a Braves fan.
1: I am on the Braves bandwagon because I want the Astros to lose, 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 lose. Was, lose. N-
5: that is the truth. I, I want the Astros to lose.
4: Hey. Hi. We can be uh, I don't Cuz I wouldn't I, I didn't pull for the Nationals. I don't pull for my division teams. Rivals.
5: I just I don't like the Astros.
4: Yeah, I get that. We can be Astro-killing brothers. This is kind of like when the Eagles well, it's kind of not cuz I still I rooted against the Eagles when they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I just can't root up the Giants back when the giants won i was kind of pulling for the giants to beat the patriots so i get i have rooted for a team in my division before i, I got to say well that here's thing. the thing here's the Here, rub. here's the question here's the rub do you appreciate my support as a friend yes as a baseball fan no it disgusts me
3: <laughs> that,
5: as a what
4: <laughs> As a friend, I appreciate it because you're you're a good no problem friend. You're a good man. You're a good person. I appreciate that. As a sports fan, you are a you're a piece of trash. You're despicable. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Chandler, are you going to trivia tonight? You know it. Hey, you know Hugh. <laughs> Hugh, damn right. Uh, I got a trivia question for you. There has been a trade. Have you seen it in the NFL? No. All right. Let's see if you can piece this one together. This former Heisman Trophy winner is going back to a team in which he had... Did this just happen? Yes. Two 1,000-yard rushing seasons for this NFL team. This former Heisman Trophy winner has been traded back to a team in which he had two... 1,000-yard rushing seasons for previously in his career? Um, I mean, I didn't give you a – I gave you some stuff there, but on the fly, that's tough, Jeff. Jeff. So obviously we're talking about a player that's been around a little while. Been, been while around. Huh? Um, Going back to a former team he played for in which he had rushed for 1,000 years. So we're talking about a running back. We're talking about an Alabama running back. Ah, uh, Mark Ingram and we are talking about mark ingram well done sir he is going back to the new orleans saints
5: he's on my fantasy team
4: i mean i guess you'd rather have him there than houston yes so
5: yeah much so uh
4: the Texans, this is according to tom pellicero it doesn't say uh what the texans are getting in return poor david culley but uh good for mark ingram Mm -hmm. now he gets to uh go to a potential playoff team good for him playoffs bucks and saints in the superdome this sunday i like that matchup yeah yeah it's a good ball game big ball game big ball game all right so uh there is that we still have one more break to take so let's do it right now we got a lot accomplished in that segment yes we did uh we will return and get ready to wrap it up
0: on a wednesday edition of pirate radio live back with you after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates. And proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report. The Dow was down 266 points at 35,000. 490. The NASDAQ was up a tenth of a point at 15,235 and the S&P was down 23 at 4,551. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC, member SIPC. Now, back to you, Clip.
4: When y'all were like shooting basketball in the driveway yard or whatever did you be, be like all right if i make this next shot so and so will happen yeah Can we do stuff like that oh yeah if i hit the camera with this piece of balled up paper the braves are gonna win tonight
5: and oh, what happens if you don't
4: hit it i don't know i can't decide on that side out of my control but if it hits
5: it you're it's like a guarantee correct all right let's go
1: all right go for it brother I don't it was, know. Eh,
4: I need uh do we have any side angles? Because I might have scraped the bottom. It
1: looked like it was it, pretty close was to the camera.
4: Line. It came up short, but it may have grazed the camera. I'm gonna call it a win. We'll uh we'll recap it, I guess, Friday on Pirate Radio Live. We have no Pirate Radio Live on Thursday because we Game have day. wall-to-wall ECU football coverage coming up noon on the ube pirate preview then at 3 30 we take over for the four hour bud light pregame tailgate we'll be with you until the 7 30 kickoff and then after the game the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show we will talk to you folks on thursday wear your black be loud at dowdy pickland stadium and we'll see you at 3 30 on the bud light pre-game tailgate so long everybody